for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! In to the Blitz podcast. As always, or not as always, because we do have only two people on today, but, I mean, it's the OG crew, bro. I love when we do this shit, because, you know, it's a, it's throwing it back to when I was, like, in some, like, secluded room in my freshman dorm that made super echoey sounds during the whole first season, uh, back end of the NFL playoffs that year is when we decided to start the podcast, but it gives me those vibes, so yeah. I'm excited. I'm with the nostalgia. How you feeling? Yeah, we were still talking about basketball then, so we have really, we really centered down. I'm still in the same room, so next year though, we will be in a new, new fancy room, big, big podcast studio, you know, soundproof, whole nine, you know. I'm just gonna get, I'm just gonna buy a studio, um, and that'll be my living quarters. Okay, Um, I'll, I'll sleep in the booth. Um, Turn this down. I wonder when we'll get our in per. I mean, obviously, we need some monetization uh, to. Please you know, donate. Please yeah. make a donation. Please make Please. an investment in the Bliss Podcast. A lot of you know us personally, so you probably have Who our Venmo. Who wants Venmos. to get in on the ground yeah. floor? <laughs> Who wants to get in on the ground floor here? A free T-shirt uh, when we start to make T-shirts. A, a, a small, <laughs> just a small investment of ten thousand dollars, and you could really, you could really be a core investor in yes. this thing. Whether or um, not that investment turns out is but, not our responsibility. Yeah, well, but that's hey, that's, that's an investment, right? Some you win some, you lose some. But regardless, you should put your money in our yes, hands. We... Um, but when Tyler Tyler gets his little bando in Annapolis, then me and him, and maybe sometimes Mitchell will be able to create some in person live content. Dude, that'll um, suck so much so too. Because like I'm depending oh. on when he gets there. I think he said December or something, and then I can just go there from when I leave school. But like when I'm at the college park. That's still a little bit of a drive, um, and I'll be living on campus then, so it won't be like I'm driving every day. Um, yeah, that you guys wanted to hear yeah, about this. I mean, I um, that makes me so sad though. Start the show that here. Makes me, I mean, hey, it's it's we're kind of alluding to what's coming for the Blitz. You know, everybody wants to hear that kind of shit. But yeah, I'm bummed because I'll still be in Kentucky. So all the three other Blitz Pop members will be doing a live show from somewhere, and then I'll I'll be running it from another state like a thousand miles away so can't wait for that yeah but hey man we had some uh some football this weekend it was pretty fucking good honestly there was a lot of stinkers on the slate but it was a pretty exciting week pretty exciting week so to start off let's dive into it we're gonna go over our week two picks and kind of recap what our records are looking like for this week and overall on the year so far um this is a segment that we started last week it just kind of Makes it easier to run through all the games. So, without further ado, let's read them off. So, Chargers Chiefs. Mitch is the only one that picked the Chargers. Uh, Dolphins, Ravens. Me and Mitch ended up going the Dolphins. And you guys, Jaden and Tyler, end up going the Ravens. Um, Me, you, and Mitch went the Browns, while Tyler was the only one that won with the Jets. Um, I was the only one that went Commanders uh, against the Lions, so I lost that one. 
Uh, we all picked the Colts against the Jags, and the Jags won. I can't, can't wait to talk about that one. Um, Bucks at Saints. You were the only one that picked the Bucks. Congrats. And we, the rest of us picked the Saints. Um, me, you, and Tyler picked the Panthers, while Mitch picked the winning Giants. Um, same case with the Steelers-Pats game. Uh, 49ers. We all picked the 49ers to beat the Seahawks, and they did so handedly under new quarterback or old quarterback Jimmy G. Uh, the Rams narrowly escape the Falcons at home, but we all had that. Uh, we all had the Bengals, and they lost to the boys. Uh, Jacob says, go Ravens, as always. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, the Broncos narrowly escape Houston as well, but we all had the Broncos. Uh, Cardinals beat the Raiders at the Raiders. We all had the Raiders, so we all lost that one. Uh, the Packers beat the Bears at Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. We all had that. Uh, Bills beat the Titans pretty handedly. <laughs> pretty, pretty handedly. Uh, but yeah, we all had the Bills in that one. And then Mitch was the only one to take the Eagles instead of the Vikings. So he was the only one that walked away with that pick. So to recap, on the week, Jaden, you went 8 for 16. I went 7 for 16. Mitch went 11 for 16. And Tyler went 8 for 16. So, no, Mitch went 10 for 16. My apologies. So, on the year, that makes you 16 and 32. So, 50%. Uh, 14 for 32 for yours truly, which really sucks. Mitchell hoffed to a hot start, if you want to call it that. 20 for 32. And then Tyler is 17 for 32 on his picks for the year. So, we're kind of just right in the middle of the pack, which I wouldn't have expected. There has been some crazy games, but mm, it's kind of rough. I don't know. Do you feel like it? Yeah, maybe you shouldn't really. You shouldn't really be listening to us. For no, anyway. no. I, I honestly respect no, your opinion. Come on. We had the majority of the games for the most, like, well, 8 for 16 literally is half. <laughs> we had the majority except for the yeah. fact that we were oh, 50 jeez. And then that's back-to-back weeks. I'm sorry. We got to step that the fuck up. But, I mean, also, a lot of this is about, like, seeing, like, like Mitch picked the Giants, like he was the only one to pick the Giants. So somebody looks at the uh, the picks for this week and is like, "Oh, somebody likes the Giants." Like, at least one of us usually picks the team that wins. So usually, but but yeah, pod picks aren't doing too hot to start the year, but we can only go up from here, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to our next little segment. And after a week full of football, we can. Finally, and two full weeks of football, we can finally start to put together some power rankings. And today, we're going to do a little bit of an interactive power ranking sort of thing. So we're going to throw up the board. I got it right here. Boom. So we're going to throw around. We got the tiers already set up here. And we're going to move them around as we see fit. We're going to kind of debate. Uh, the tiers don't really matter a whole ton. Um, obviously, they are applicable. But... The teams are in order how they should be ranked right now. So, without further ado, let's dive into our power rankings, man. What do you say? Yeah. So, I probably put these together. I mean, I obviously put them together sometime today. Um, It was just a rough draft. Uh, I sent them to (coughs) the group chat. We discussed it a little bit. And then I did a little bit after having some driving home thoughts on some of these teams. Um, But, yeah. I think... We could just start, um, and if anybody's got any, I mean, obviously the, that Jacob 
would like to have the Ravens at one. Um, we'll hear you out, really. but uh, <laughs> not really. We... <laughs> <laughs> you can say go Ravens all you want, and I 100% support. Um, but you know, it's not going to sway. But yeah. Okay. So this this is essentially my ranks. What are your discrepancies with what? Okay. I'm so we were talking about in the chat earlier. I don't think that the Rams can be in that number one tier after narrowly escaping Atlanta at home and losing in week one, coming off Super Bowl dub and looking the most Super Bowl hungover that I've seen a Super Bowl winning team in a while. And they got their asses kicked in week one and they go out to at home against Atlanta and they barely win with the Jalen Ramsey pick. I don't believe this. This is a team that could be in that top tier. But that brings up the debate. Who needs to be moved up in place of the Rams? And I think there's a solid case for the Miami Dolphins moving up into that top tier, dude. I mean, they're one of the only teams in the NFL that have two wins so far. And as you mentioned earlier, the Giants are also one of those teams. But the uh, the Dolphins have played decent competition i mean the obviously the patriots fucking suck but to put up 42 points or 45 points on the Ravens secondary yeah 42 i mean that's that's definitely a team that belongs in the discussion for the top tier but i want to hear your discrepancies with that man yeah so my thing with the rams and more so with the dolphins is the Rams, while they didn't look good, I want to move them down. I do. But the problem is none of the teams below them, I feel confident enough to say the Rams need to, you know, be below these teams. Like Miami, I think looked good, but you, you're two busted coverages away from getting blown out, you know, for better or worse. Um, now, busted coverages are going to be kind of the thing that do best because they have two of the biggest coverage busters in the NFL right now. Uh, in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, but I think I think it needs one more week for Miami to move them in front of LA. I'm not going like obviously it's the first two weeks, so we are learning a lot, and I will be more giving to movement um, early on versus later. Where I'm not like if a team win, if a team beats one team the other one week, I'm not going to move them ten spots up and the other team ten spots down. Like I'm trying to make this like a a year long thing that isn't so week to week where it's going to be teams moving up 15, 20 spots if they get a big win. Um, so I, like I said, I want to see another week for Miami. Um, if you break it down by roster, by roster, I want to though, see another week for like LA if you break too. it down roster by roster, like Rams versus Miami. Okay. Stafford's better than Tua. Okay. Uh, the running back room. I mean, I think you got to give it to Miami uh, offensive line. I think you probably it's got to give it to Miami. Uh, you, yeah, you wide receivers, right got to give it to Miami. Defense, got to give it to Miami. Like, I mean, they're a better team, dude, just all in all. And they've done better things this year than the Rams. So, I, it's the Super Bowl yeah, bias. It's, kind of like, it's the Super Bowl bias, dude. It's I think. It is the Super Bowl bias. They, cause, because they were a Super Bowl winning team. They have a Super Bowl winning roster for the most. I mean, there's pieces that have moved on. Von Miller, namely being that guy that has moved on. The offensive line is different. I do have concerns about LA. They were number four coming into the season, and now they're eight. So that is that is their drive. I think if they come out, I believe, who do they have uh, this week? 
Let's take a look here. Ah, they have the Cardinals this week. Now, if they come out and drop one of the Cardinals, they will probably be way out of the top 10, probably down into the third, 14, third tier, really. They lose. You just fucking hate the Cardinals. They wouldn't be down. God. Because they suck, dude. If if they if they don't have Kyler Murray on their roster, they're down there with that orange C and whatever the hell that Texans logo is. They are legitimately a bad team, and Kyler Murray saved their ass on multiple. He had it took him twenty seconds to complete that play because no one could get open, no one could block. He was just running around directing traffic for twenty seconds. He's really good, yeah. dude, but they and he suck. Didn't- and he's the reason why they're in he that He didn't even have, year. like... I mean, those rushing play. He ran for 50 yards and two tuds. But through the air, I mean, he didn't really turn it on until the fourth quarter. You know? So, like, if that's the Kyler that you're getting for yeah. the rest of the year, like... Well, it's because no one can get open. I mean, if you look at their roster, and I know we've just kind of moved on from Rams and the Dolphins and that whole conversation, but look at their roster top to bottom. Running backs. I mean, James Conner's average, but he, he he's injured. Like, he might not play next week. Wide receivers until Hopkins comes back, they're a below average unit. Dort, Greg Dortch is wide receiver too. Greg Dortch, um, tight end. Okay, Zach Ertz is a league average tight end at this point. Offensive line, every single position they are average. Rondell Moore should be average. back this week, this coming week. So, yeah, but I'm that still make that doesn't make them any more than a below average or average receiver. Uh, I'd beg to differ like, that a Hollywood Brown pick, is a wide receiver. Yeah, a second round pick probably boosts your offensive production. I mean, Jalen Rager is a first-round pick. Are we going to sit here well, and say the Vikings have the best the worst, unit in the league? The worst wide added? receiver to be drafted in the first round, like in the Rondell past Moore ten years. You just good. picked one example <laughs> of the Rondell worst wide receiver. He is the he's meme of the last year. decade as far as wide receivers in the first round, and that's your example. Well, he's the okay, Sorry. Jalen Rager. <laughs> he is the meme of the last decade because of the guy that got drafted right after him. I, I, I mean, Jalen Rager would just be another bust if it wasn't for the fact that Justin Jefferson got picked one pick later. But that's a conversation for another day. Anyway, defense. Defensive line is absolutely terrible. They have no pass rush. They have no run defense. Linebackers are two first-round rookies that can't seem to figure it out, even though Isaiah Simmons did look fantastic on Sunday. Uh, secondary outside of Byron Murphy and Bruce Baker is a bunch of league average players. Cornerback yeah, two mentioning, and below Mentioning is two awful. really and, good players. And mentioning two really stop. good players on the secondaries. Something that a lot of teams can't do, a.k.a. the okay. Steelers. Just as an example. All right. We have one Mika. really okay. good player, okay. and we will have T.J. Not Watt on the secondary, weeks. but continue. Um, well, he probably <laughs> could if you really want to. But they also have Cliff Kingsbury, who is an ass clown. An ass clown that led them to 10 games. First team to 10 wins last year. No, 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 no. He did not lead them to 10 wins. Kyler Murray led them to 10 wins. He was the reason why they didn't win more than 11 games. Kyler, like, no. He is the problem. You can he see how pissed Cliff is Cliff at the, Kyler at times, dude. Like, I don't... I don't know why. It's Cliff's fault. Cliff draws the damn play. Did you watch the Chiefs game? It was literally streaks and curls or flat routes the entire game. And they're like, yeah, right, why bro. is this not working? That's it. You got to give the ball to James Conner more. You paid the man. You paid the man. Uh, to be your franchise running back, as I mentioned, during the offseason. Like, give him the damn ball. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, Eno Benjamin's getting a lot of work. And it's like, come on, dude. I... 
I'm telling you, dude, like it's it's Cliff. Cliff has to go. He has to go. And Steve, I don't know what the owner or whoever makes that decision um, saw from a what Steve Kime drafted over the past few years and what Cliff Kingsbury has coached up through the past few years to say they both deserve a multi-year extension. If anything, both of them should have been on the hot seat coming into the season like okay you we've we've given you the pieces i mean steve kime can't draft to save his life but he's made enough trades to keep this roster afloat and cliff kingsbury just keeps sinking it with his play calling he he can't he can't call plays he just can't do he can't call a successful offense Jeez, man he's proved he can call a pretty successful offense Fuck at that times, guy. dude like he... Yeah, for for the first eight weeks. That's a great. That's a great run. <laughs> that's a great run. The the best offense in the league for eight weeks. Yeah, I'm not firing okay. that guy, who 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 managed to create the best off. Yeah, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't every year where he no longer has a oh, yeah okay. serviceable offense for the last okay, eight weeks. But I'm not firing Cliff Kingsbury today. Jeez, man, goodness. <laughs> I'll fire him tomorrow. Okay. Are we moving the Cardinals at all, though? I mean, yeah, I know. We just spent like 20 <laughs> minutes talking cards. And Mitchell says, What has Rondell Moore Mitchell I do says, think what has fact... Rondell Moore done to make you think he's a solid wide receiver, too? I mean, he did just, was just a rookie last year. Um, so it hasn't really. Exactly. What made you think that he was Because they put the draft capital, man, and everything, like, coming out of camp, and, I mean, everything that on Rondell Moore has been for a while that he's really talented. Like, yeah. Uh, Taylor said, to be fair, Cliff wouldn't be an NFL coach if he didn't coach a certain someone in college. 100% true. 100% true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it was... But fair enough. Like, if you create Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that guy should definitely get a head coaching gig. For sure. Uh, Taylor also said, and we could dive in. You know, before we dive into Taylor's comment, I might. Fourteen. What do you think about moving the Lions ahead of the Cardinals? Suit? Sixteen. How about I don't know. How about man. the Jags? Offense, How about putting I'd the Jags, the Jags bumping the Browns and the Lions and the Cardinals? I like it. Well, I'll let it marinate. I think we'll let that. About, that was an interesting I'll thought. move it right I now just that to marinate. see how it looks. And then. I think it needs some marination for sure. And then we'll. Yeah, I, I could. St- I'm still putting the Cardinals in front of the Lions, I think. Just because, I mean. Yeah. I need it because Jared Goff, while he's put up stats, like he's put up numbers, he hasn't looked good playing football so far. And the running game's working. Amon Ross St. Brown has looked awesome, especially if you have him in fantasy right now. You're a very happy man. Um, defense still has questions. Hutchinson did was able to get to the quarterback three times um, on Sunday, uh, but the rest of the the rest of the defensive unit is not quite there yet. And I think the Lions, and this is not really a immediate power rankings thing, but this we're just essentially just going to end up ranting about each team that we uh, discuss here. But I think the lions might've screwed themselves by, and it, and it might not be their fault what happened, but the fact that they finally, they had the number two pick in this past class, 
this was the year where you went and got a quarterback. You had everything ready, but you had the number two pick in a class that didn't have a good quarterback. So now I think they're going to be too good to go get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or somebody like that. And they're going to be stuck with Jared Goff again, unless they find themselves in a scenario like Denver or like um, Cleveland where a quarterback becomes available, dude, they might be too good to get Stroud or Young. And then they're, they're just going to be stuck but in the I middle I already think again. this is a team outside, like the defense needs help for sure, especially in the trenches. Uh, their pass rush, I mean, they've done things to address that. But their linebacker core, I mean, with Malcolm Rodriguez and Anzoli, Anzalone, yeah, Anzalone. Um, the, like, there's some dogs, but they definitely need to improve on the defensive side. But that offense, you just plug in a the quarterback, they're ready to they're ready to be it's good, one of the good, but that's best the problem. The I don't know if they'll be able to. And like I said, this is and the offensive yeah. line as well. I mean, you have a top five offensive line um, in the NFL when everybody's healthy. But the problem is, I don't know if they're going to have the draft position to plug in Mitchell trade Lamar to Detroit. That's something. Ugh. They've got, you know, I think actually that is the Lions are spending the most out of any team this year on their offense. So. Which is absolutely yeah, bananas. So I, I don't know if hilarious. they want to bring in that a historically like, large contract to add to that. Well, the thing is, it would just be plugging Lamar's historically large Jared contract Goff. into the large contract Obviously, that Jared Goff's be bigger. taking up. Because Goff's taking up like 30 yeah, but Lamar's or something quarterback. Right now. Um, I mean, it'll probably be $10 million bigger. And the crazy thing is, I mean, you can let Chark walk. You can let, you know, these other guys walk. But, like, Swift's still on a rookie deal. Hogginson, I think, just got paid. If not, he's going to get paid next year. Um, but, like, it's all their offensive line. Like, I don't know how they've accumulated so much money on that offense when, like, there are teams with so much more talent offense, like, so many more big names that don't have that kind of payroll. Like, even, I think, Kansas City last year, they were still beating Kansas City out when they had when Kansas City had Tyreek. And they built a line in that offseason, too. Can we, yeah, let's let's uh, work on the yeah. power rankings here. Let's let's address okay, the Colts because yes. that Taylor, was that was a chat. Yes, conversation. Taylor mentioned that the Colts should be bumped down, and that is something that we did discuss. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but the Colts are dead. I mean, if you can't win that, if you can't score, not only just not win, not only just not cover, you didn't score a fucking point. That is so embarrassing. Against the team that ended your career last season, dude. He embarrassed you in a national spotlight. You were literally the Colts in-season hard knocks. And after watching that episode, I pro- I l- was laughing at the way you guys were acting during that week. God damn. And then you come out, second game of the year. It's a new year, boys. We got a new quarterback, Matty Ice. He's going to take us to the promised land. You score a goose egg. In Jacksonville, to extend their home streak against the Colts to eight games, dude. Holy fuck. This team is so bad, I don't know where to begin. I'd probably slide them down to below the Jets, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, come on, dude. No. Why? No. No. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I think, okay, they didn't have Michael Pittman. They didn't have Shaq Leonard. And... I know that, like, this is going to be kind of a counterpoint here, but that's the problem. The fact that if you don't have Michael Pittman, who is good, but he's not like Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup, where if he's gone from your 
Yeah, when, where if he's gone from your offense, everything is shut down. Like, they don't have anybody that can step up. And that was the problem coming into this year. Is like, what are they going to do? Do they take Alec Pierce um, in the second round? You said he didn't Mm-mm. He didn't play nope. Sunday either? So he didn't have anybody. Paris Campbell was yeah. number one. So who was he really thrown to? I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor took a shit um, Dude, what the as well, fuck? if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he did. He scored seven uh, fantasy points. The, the left tackle... The left tackle spot is the big problem. This was an offensive line that was one of the best in the league a few years ago, and it slowly had parts, you know, taken away from it. First, it was Lewinsky, then it was Eric Fisher who signed there, and then now he's gone again. Um, yeah, there, there's concerns. I don't know if they're worse than the New York Jets, who are currently quarterbacked by Joe Flacco. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, th- I think that having them below, like Washington, New York, Indy needs to figure some shit out. And I would not be surprised if they find themselves back in the middle. I'm of sliding them down. Again, I'm but... sliding them down in the bottom tier. We just need to figure out where it's going to be. Because, like... I can't I can't slide them below Dallas. Without Dak, Dude, I cannot Dallas slide them Dallas just beat Cincy, man, pretty handedly with Cooper Rush. Yeah, but... It was three points at the field goal. But you thought it was going to be a domination, and they controlled the game for the most part. It didn't feel like that the Bengals – I mean, I watched the whole game. Bengals didn't have control of the game at any point. Dallas – it felt like Dallas blew them out. I'll agree with that. I'm putting out – until we see Dallas actually really struggle with Cooper Rush, then I'm putting Dallas above Indy, no question. Just with the – like – I mean, CD had a decent game. Okay. Like he, they have the weapons there, and then Michael Gallup's coming back. Jalen Tolbert's coming back. Like they, they're gonna be good as long as Cooper Rush can swing okay. the ball. I'll put Dallas. I'll okay. put Dallas Sweet. in front of Indy. Fuck yeah, man! All right, move Indy down. And yeah, both Mitchell and Lake. Obviously, Shaq Leonard and Pittman were out when they come back. They win the division. Lake said they win, that their division is very good. <laughs> I agree with both those things, dude. And while I do try and make this, it's it's a very tight mixture of you know their standings, how they're playing, the roster talent that they have, taking into account injuries and all that kind of stuff, taking into account like weird fluke shit that happens because that's what ha- like that's why if I I know I didn't like put anything out, but I did put it a little something together. I didn't move Denver down yeah. that far after the Monday night loss because. They fumbled twice on the goal line. Like, how often is that shit going to happen? Plus the mismanagement by Nathaniel Hackett. Which is going to continue all year, yeah. But now, that might that might be a real problem. Th- this looks like it might the Nathaniel Hackett might be a disaster. And that's kind of been the thing with these Aaron Rodgers disciples. Mm-hmm. Like, him, Mike LaFleur going and um, being the OC with New York. Joe Philbin. That's a little throwback for you in Miami. That was a fucking disaster. And then, to a certain degree, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the Brady tree where you send out all these, you know, offense court and they go out and they're relatively successful. Like, Bill O'Brien gets shit on for how terrible he was because he was a terrible GM, but he was actually a pretty damn good head yeah. coach. He just why wasn't ready Alabama to handle right the GM role. And not, okay, reconnection is successful. Welcome back, gang. Sorry about that. Uh, but... We're in the midst of our power rankings, and we're talking about the Denver Broncos possibly moving down. Um, I I know the I know the Raiders are 0 two. I wouldn't put the I wouldn't put Cincy in front of Denver. 
I would even put the Saints in front of them. I'd probably put Vegas and the no, Saints in front no, of no. them. Bro. Dude, New Orleans looked fucking awful on. I didn't watch a lot of that game. I didn't watch a lot of that game. So Jameis, Jameis. I, I mean, they they had they sacked him something like six times. They had three picks. <sighs> one of them going back for a touchdown. They can't move the ball without come on. And they they should probably should have lost to Atlanta. If Atlanta didn't take the foot off the gas, they should probably be 0-2 right now yeah. to an Atlanta team and then Tampa Bay. Dude, I, I'm not I ready with New Orleans, okay. and I know you were high on them coming on into the season. Yeah. I didn't I think about— I'm damn sure not putting—I can't I can't yeah. take Jacksonville much higher. Than I didn't think right about now. how close so, that game against Atlanta was because it was—it yeah. I mean, looked for a while like the Falcons were going to win, you know, so. And I honestly, like— I think what I, I want to make another uh, case, even though I made these power rankings, I want to make a case to move Atlanta up past Seattle because I know Atlanta is 0-2, but in each game that they've played, it's been a one or two score game. And they were winning in New Orleans. I know, New, yeah, I know Jameis is playing with a broken back, but that that is taken into account in these power rankings. Like that is part of why we have them lowly ranked because he's playing with a broken back and hell yeah. he might not. I'm really surprised they didn't go to Dalton at the end of the game on Sunday. I mean, after mm. what the third pick or the fourth pick or whatever he threw, third. I mean, especially considering he's hurting and the game was practically over. Pull him dude. Just yeah. pull him. I think Try it was safe a little bit, but I bet Jameis didn't want to come out of that game though against. This oh, it doesn't, team. It's not Jameis's choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true. Um, as we saw with Ryan Tannehill like, yesterday, <laughs> De- Devin White, uh, Devin White said, "We know Jameis is gonna throw us the ball." Like he said that in his post game interview, "We knew Jameis was gonna throw us the ball." That's his former teammate that said that. That's um, terrible. But Atlanta had a big lead on New Orleans, and then almost ate up a big lead from LA. Their offense looks a lot better than I thought it would. Like they they've got some they're they're producing on offense right now. I know they're not getting Kyle Pitts involved, but it's working. And the defense looks great. Yeah, AJ Terrell's playing really good so far this year. Yeah, I know. And everybody kind of thought, you know, maybe there's a little regression from him after having a really good year last year. I I wouldn't be surprised if they Let's I wouldn't be surprised if they're not the worst team in the league. Let's bump that. Do we want to bump the Falcons? I want to bump them past Seattle. I don't okay. know about past Tennessee. I was going to say like I mean, we saw it last night. It's not pretty. That against a team that probably gonna make it <laughs> probably they're probably gonna make it to the Super Bowl, but yeah. that was very very ugly. I haven't seen an NFL game quite play out like that in a while, where the starting quarterback is benched in the third quarter for the rookie. I haven't seen that in a while in a blowout fashion. That was pretty yeah. bad. And I was really excited to see. I was a huge uh, believer and was pushing for the Steelers to draft Malik Willis. Kind of glad we didn't as of right now. I know we haven't seen Kenny Pickett yet, but Malik Willis doesn't look ready. And I think that was, like, obviously the notion. Um, and I was just trying to shoot for the moon when saying, I, you know, I want Malik Willis because the upside was there, and the upside wasn't there with anybody else in this class. But he doesn't look ready. Um, everything that was said about him in the pre-draft process and then again in the preseason um, was true. It Every time it was, is my first read open? Yes, I'll throw it. Is my first read open? No, I'm gone. I'm peeling out of the pocket. And the offensive line wasn't doing him any favors, to be fair, but he he just doesn't look ready. Um, and with this offense around him, I don't think he'll be able to succeed. 
I'd imagine Tannehill's a starter next week. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it was just the fact that you know it is forty-one to seven. This game is over. Let's see what you got. Um, but I don't know. He looked like Malik Willis, in my opinion. He made the running plays that we all were enamored by. The arm wasn't on display. I mean, his first NFL pass was scary. It was right down the middle and almost picked off. Yeah. But make it to the house, probably. But, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't pretty. But we'll bump Atlanta in front of Seattle behind Tennessee. Last one I want to talk about. I think we got to move the Pats back. And personally, I think they move behind the Giants. Because they this, won. And I'm... I know they won, and I know they beat the Steelers, but, like, dude, that week one, I mean, that's still in my head. Like, that just... And their, their to be fair, they played the Steelers. So does, so does ours. They played the Steelers, who whose defense extremely outplayed ex- expectations in week one. Is that fair to say? They extremely outplayed yeah, their expectations. I mean, especially in the, in the turnover department. Um, okay, so Steelers take from this week. Um... Patriots Steelers was probably going to be the most boring game you're going to watch this year that has like act, like may have playoff implications probably not but might these are two teams that were in the playoffs last year but they're built exactly the same with an offense that can't move the ball whatsoever two defenses that are very good can you know suffocate teams two great head coaches but Cam Sutton gets a pick that he dropped just come hit right off his hands um and we probably win that game. That's that's just the difference of a game like that. That game could be decided on one play in the third quarter, and that would be the, that would have been the last touch. Like that's that's literally how it felt. Um, Taylor says we need Kenny. Uh, and I and that was my next thing. I think it's going to happen on Thursday night. I think it's going to be Thursday night. I think Miles Garrett's going to get to Trubisky. I think he's going to be in his face because Miles M- Garrett has been wrecking shit so far this year. And our uh, Dan Moore is not the answer at left tackle. Obviously, I think that could be seen by anyone with two sets of or a set of eyes, not two sets of eyes. Um, and he's going to get to Trubisky and he's going to put him on the ground a lot. And when that starts happening, I think we're going to end up losing this game. And honestly, I hope we get blown the hell out in the third quarter and Tomlin gives in and says, all right, it's time because I've seen enough from Trubisky. And quite honestly, I don't think it's all his fault. And I feel bad for the guy because this was his shot. And. No one wants him right now. And I like I, le- I legitimately do feel bad for the guy. Everyone blamed him in Chicago. Um, and then now he's getting blamed here. It's Canada, dude. It's Matt Canada. He's a fucking war criminal. I, I can't I can't explain it any other way. He's damn. the worst human being ever. And god damn it. If it wasn't for Durkin Yeah, killing K-I-L-L-E being yes. that kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Matt Canada wouldn't have taken over and done a good job, and he probably wouldn't be the offense coordinator Steelers right now. So thanks a lot, dude. But Durkin wasn't supposed to be the off- OC. No, but Dur- Canada took over for Durkin because Durkin obviously got canned because, you know, uh... and Canada actually finished the season kind of well, and because of that, I guess we noticed him for some godforsaken reason, and we're like, yeah, we want more of that. <laughs> Uh, Android talk show. Appreciate you uh, dropping some comments on this one, but he says he laughs at the war criminal comment. And then Taylor Gray says it's always fuck Durkin. So yeah, fuck Durkin. <laughs> he he was supposed to come in and change the Maryland program, and he changed the program. 
but we won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> he changed our fucking program too. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um. Shit. Okay. I really do want to move. All right. I'll be straight with you. I think if you're not with the Steelers being above the Pats, I think our offense has looked way too good to put ah, us behind those there two. There it is. I, Here's the agenda. Our offense has agenda. looked like yes, we Here's lost the, the Lions, is, but yeah. our offense looks so good right now, dude. Like your defense doesn't. That's we that's got Chase Young coming back. We got Chase Young coming back, so that's, that's, that's that'll true. be a huge that's thing. True. But the defense, the defense doesn't look good, dude. It's busted coverages everywhere. Secondary looks terrible. You can't get home. Can't stop the run, dude. It's. It's worrisome. And I didn't think that would be the – obviously, I thought that it would be the offense that's the problem. They wouldn't be able to put up enough points, and that's been the case the last couple of years. With it. This defense has been good enough to win them games, but so far, dude, it's losing them games. Yeah. So that's my concern with Washington. I think and we have played two variance. really good offenses so far. I know that sounds crazy, but, I mean, we do have Jacksonville in the second tier here. Um, and we did just play the Lions, so we hyped crazy up the offense. Enough. Yeah, I know. Another – Another thing Dude, we're going to get so fucked on Instagram for having Jacksonville. It, it's it's not even the fact that they're 16th. It's the fact that they're going to be in the second slide. And Arizona and Detroit and Cleveland and Pittsburgh are all in the third slide. And Jacksonville, who was just picking number one overall, you know, essentially two games ago, they were picking number one overall. It's what's happening. We're uh, it's what's happening in the, in the NFL year. right now, dude. They're probably going to win the division. Like I hate to say, Taylor, I know you said that once the uh, the Colts get their guys back, that they're probably going to win the division. I think the Jags are a good team in the first place, and the Colts coming into this year, they just have so many old pieces of shit. I don't know, dude. I'm really not feeling it. But Taylor says uh, Giants need to be Giants above need Washington. to Giants need to be above Washington, and Lake said the same thing. Uh oh. I mean, dude, we did say we were going to make this about the chat. If yeah. the chat wants to move it up. Okay. Now Lake, we yeah, need... Okay, now Lake's getting... Now Lake's sounding like a homer. Yeah. Now he's getting homerish. We need to... We can't have homerish comments. We can't have the Cardinals in Tier 2. But, okay. All right. So... As if we didn't start the show with him in Tier I'll two. put the Giants in front of the Commanders. Can we put... Okay. This is my proposal. Jesus Christ. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. We have Jacksonville in tier two and the Giants at 20. Dude, the Giants are 2-0. Oh, I know. Okay, okay. And guess what, dude? One thing I will say about New York, dude, absolutely nailed the Brian Dable hire. Oh. Brian Dable looks like he's come to... in and fixed. Are we calling it? No, dude, I, I am. I'm ready. Wow, okay. All right. D- Dable, dude, I think they. I think they hit it right on the money with Brian Dable. I think that's Arizona should have fired Kingsbury and hired Dable. Cincinnati, I know that they went to the Super Bowl. They should have fired Zach Taylor and hired Dable. Wink Dable's too. Yeah, dude. Taylor says Wink. I mean, I, Wink has had a huge. Yeah, and Wink, Wink as well has he really was made to be the scapegoat in Baltimore Jackson. when yeah. he was not the problem in Baltimore. Wink was not the problem there on the defensive side. As yeah, we saw. I'm, I'm excited for what the problem is. Daniel Jones has actually sucked so far. That's that's the thing that held me from keeping them higher was that Daniel Jones has not been very good to start this season. Um, okay. I will. All right. I'm going to be homerish. Um, Bump the Steelers in front of the Patriot. I know the I know the Patriots did beat us, but at no point this season will TJ Watt be rejoining the Patriots. 
There is no help coming for New England. This is I'm what not, they've got. I won't argue with you at all. I 100% agree. It just sounded like you, personally, did not want the Steelers sitting at the spot. ...to protect us from backlash. While I do say that this is a common... It's not exactly, you know, a week-to-week thing where if a team wins, they're going to move up, blah, 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 blah. People on Instagram don't know that. So when they see the Steelers in front of New England after New England just beat the Steelers, like, by one spot... You would think, oh, well, that one win should be enough to swap no. them. But I still have dude, more faith in the Steelers than the I, I think, Patriots I think, this year. I think Pittsburgh's yeah. a better team. I, I mean, I said it two weeks ago. I think the Patriots can win five games yeah. this year. They beat us. We're not it's a common. good team. I just want it's to get common. that out of the like, way. I know it's Belichick, but, but Belichick's had losing seasons. Uh, <laughs> Tomlin has not, ever. Ever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with All that. Right. Are, we, are we happy with this? Taylor says Taylor says Washington over Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, because we're just playing better right now. I know your defense is like better than ours for sure, but I, I honestly, I honestly think we look like a more fluid NFL team right now. The thing is, I want to see, I want to see one more, I want to see one Mm -hmm. more week of Washington. One more week of Wentz, Um, who's obviously leading the league in passing touchdowns right now. If Wentz is second in passing yards, and yeah. He does also lead the league in interceptions. Dude, I, as, that is Wentz. Wentz. This is the right? Wentz experience. Um, he did say Kenny at the helm will make our offense better. Dude, as much as I hate, I don't know if he can fix it. I don't think so I either. think Kenny's He's going to be a plug. Or I think Kenny's okay. But the thing is, mm. it's Canada. It's I think Kenny's going to come in and look the same because we don't open up this offense. I was <sighs> the drive right before the half, and it wasn't really drive. It was two plays. We ran two plays, and we had two 25-yard catches. Just like poof, I know, like they were like the easiest thing. And then the drive after New England scored the touchdown to go up seventeen, we just drove right down the field like it was fucking nothing. And then the very next drive, it's like it's all gone. It's like we're we're picking from suggestions again. Like we've got no yeah. idea what we're doing. And picking from suggestions, we we get it in small <laughs> spurts. Yeah, it's like we're picking. We're asking Madden here. Like we were we were running a scheme. We had our formation. We were running all the glitches, and then all of a sudden. We're p- we're we're picking Canada, suggestions. Again. Canada runs to the and, bench like, to hop on Xbox That's how real it was quick. For the Fuck. Game. John Madden got to save with this. The ghost of John Madden. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Jesus Christ. But yeah. Also, like, he, he, I swear he he saved functional plays for one drive, and then it's just like, oh well, I'm out. You guys go have fun. And that's the thing. He doesn't say you guys go have fun. He picks all these plays and doesn't let Trubisky do anything. Trubisky's been quarterbacking longer than Canada's mm. been offensive coordinating. <laughs> Fucker, put uh, give Trubisky the the headset, dude. Might as well. I mean, if Kenny's gonna take over, you paid the man. Yeah, give Kenny the starting. You paid job. the man. Give Kenny the starting job. Give you paid the Trubisky man. The or or we oh, put Trubisky left. Now that's a thought, and that's something. That's a nice segue, yeah. actually, because another big reason why the Steelers are not as good as the Commanders is because they're there's no help coming on that offensive line for you guys. I feel pretty good about how our offensive line has performed so far this year. It's I think PFF sucks it off, and and you uh, you selectively choose statistics, yeah. and I think they do too. I don't know what it is because like the names on that offensive line aren't mm. good. Like Charles Leno is like the biggest name on the offensive line, and like I'd say probably seventy percent of NFL. Our offensive line coach is. is, I mean, he's been doing um, it for a while. Like he's been, he's been. I think he's our longest tenured coach in Washington right now. So, I mean, our offensive line has always been really good since I've been a fan. 
like you know and that's always been our thing like the hogs yeah. like that's you know we put our say i mean our new our new mascot is being voted on apparently and a hog is one of the one of the candidates uh, i forget the other ones they were really bad though really bad <laughs> There's a commander. Yeah, there was there. like a commander, dude. Just a, just a soldier. But just then there was a new like, soldier every week. I don't know, like a rabbit or some shit. And I was like, bro. I was like, what? Dude, I would be. Hold on. If it was like fan voting, I would be slamming okay. the rabbit. I would be okay, let me slamming the commanders. rabbit. I'd be giving away. We'd give away gift cards if you showed proof that you voted for the rabbit. That would be a Blitzpod giveaway. You vote for the rabbit and you follow us and we'll give you an entry into the giveaway for the gift card okay um oh wait 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 potential after this you want to get for about 40 something i just want to know who our potential mascots are man i want to know i know i'm just saying i'm just saying after this power ranking after this oh yeah yeah, yeah. Power yeah of course we, I mean, uh, i'm pretty happy with how that, feels, how, we, how that looks i like this segment though i know we're just yeah like, no and we got plenty here, of input from like, like the chat too. i really like this i think this is yeah i, I fuck with good. it i fuck with it um, so, our four qu- categories to vote on. This is the one that I was talking about. Dog. Why? Why a dog? What is that? I can't even picture that. <laughs> it sounded like you were doing like the, like the, we got four running backs. Dog. This guy's dog. <laughs> it, that's what it sounded like you were doing. But, no, because I'm not excited about saying that. That's very bad. I can't. And I hope. I don't know what would be better, like an actual dog that's like dressed in commander's gear or like, I hate, like, I can't imagine what a dog mascot would look like. Why? The dog pound's in Cleveland. I mean, it would, I mean, I was about to say the Browns have one. Do there any NFL teams that have overlapping mascots? I I imagine so. I'm sure there's some that are similar, but... Historical figure is the next one, which yeah. I can't hate on, but I would not like George. Like yeah, I wouldn't want thing. George Washington to be our mascot, bro. Sorry. Uh, hog, which hog, I'm totally for a hog. Um, or superhero, which would also be incredibly stupid. Where's the commander? Where's the military man? We could just just put some pick a motherfucker in uniform, bro. Out of stance, put him on the field. Have. What? I was about to say, head on up to Annapolis yeah. and from the Navy. Fucking hell, not pay him a dime. Get him to come out to a free commander's game. Hopefully avoid any sewage spills and have a great time, dude. Like, fuck, let's do that instead of... Yeah, keep him out of the... Keep keep our, keep our the mascot out of the sewer section. Like, superhero? Like, what is that? It's just... It's, it's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Oh my god. That honestly, that would redeem that, the dude, franchise. In the, red and, in the red and gold. In the red and gold. <laughs> oh my god, gold. dude! With a fucking W on the fucking helmet, on the on the mask. And then, and then, just to ruin the whole thing, Dan Snyder buys Marvel. And no, Dan Snyder hops and jumps out of the suit. He like, you know, like in home, you know, in Homecoming when like he's like, you're not even <laughs> he, here right now. He's wearing the yeah, Star glasses. It, you know he's like you know i'm not even here right now i'm like he's like on his boat is on his yacht called the lady with the sunglasses oh dude all right that's enough that's enough but 
All right. Yeah, next slide. Next slide. Moving this is the final S Power Rankings. We'll have it up tomorrow uh, at some point. Please go like, comment, and uh, air all grievances that were not that were ignored and uh, denied in yeah. this episode today. Smart. All right. Taylor says, do-do-do-do-do. They have a, t- a team dog now anyways, Mando. There, there you go. So it is a real Is that... <laughs> Dude, what if you guys have like a dog mascot? It just carries it around. He came out for the coin toss week one against Jacksonville. Good Christ. Why? And he's only called Mando because of Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Like, okay, but that has nothing to do with football and nothing to do with the commanders. I'm just as much of a Star Wars fan as the next guy, but fuck, dude. What are we doing? This is a National Football League organization, not a fan club. I don't know. All right, anyway. We need a, We need the sewage superhero. <laughs> Captain shit. Captain underpants <laughs> is our superhero. Okay. So let's dive into something. Uh, something new. I mean, it's we did it last week, but it wasn't with this. Uh, this nice, sewage. cool looking graphic. So let's hop into Mitch's injury report. Dude, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Maybe I'll come up with a jingle, record it, and just play it through my phone every time. <laughs> Mitchell's injury report. Yeah. But yeah, let's hop into it. And unfortunately, Mitchell isn't with us today. We've got his stud of a picture up there. Um, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and read the analysis he provided just for you guys. So this week, we had Trey Lance injury. Obviously, that was probably the most significant injury to have happened this past week. Um Mitchell says it was a fractured fibula with damage to the ligaments associated. He's going to be out for the rest of the season with this. The ligaments of the area of the fibular head are the typical ligaments sprained during ankle sprains. Some long-term implications attached. So that will make our conversation later even more interesting. <clears throat> Next guy we have on the list is Justin Herbert, Mitchell's own. Um, he says he had after the rib injury that he suffered against the Chiefs on Thursday. Uh, Mitchell says that he has a costal cartilage fracture. Ribs have cartilage attached to your sternum and fracture at this point. Not a true concern long term, just discomfort with this. But from what we learned from Baker Mayfield, discomfort can mean that you play really bad football. As long as doctors can numb the area without puncturing a lung, he will be able to play through. That's also a big thing because Chargers. Dude, stop reading it like an infomercial. Hey, man. <laughs> just, just say it. Say it like it's your information. Say it's it not. Like I want to. I'm being Mitch's. This is Minge's injury report, man. <laughs> I, I want to do him justice. All right. Jerry Judy is the next one we got. And he says it looked like a broken collarbone initially, but Hackett was quoted saying it's a rib issue on Monday. Could mean an SC joint issue where collarbone meets the sternum. Team suspected to do x-rays and CT scans to further assess damage. So, got to wait and see on Judy. Next guy we got is James Conner. Mitchell says that Cliff quoted Conner as day-to-day with his ankle issue after he left the game on Sunday. Uh, Conner was seen celebrating with the team after the game, so not severe. Likely a very mild sprain. I like the, I like the research that Mitch did there. Looked at the the post-game celebration <laughs> videos trying to look for James Conner standing and <laughs> moving. Good shit. That's just, he does that for every yeah. player and yeah, nothing comes yeah. of it <laughs> except for that one. Thanks Mitch. 
Uh, next guy we got is Dalton Schultz, who left the game against Cincy. He has a PCL sprain in his knee. Uh, same injury Zeke had last season. Some missed games are likely to recover without his starting quarterback. Could linger like Zeke's issue if he plays through. So keep an eye out for Blake Jarwin's not even there anymore. I don't even know who the next tight end over there is. But didn't do too well with Cooper Rush. Anyway, it doesn't seem like he likes tight ends. But all right, as we go down the list, we run into Damian Harris. Uh, Harris personally quoted as not worrying himself after he limped off the field Sunday with a knee injury. Maybe a minor sprain, probably fine for next week, but keep an eye on the practice statuses. Next guy we got is Hunter Renfro. He has, oh my God, Jesus Christ. He has a rare medical condition called Butterfingers. Symptoms include fumbling balls and key moments of games. No current cures for this. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. That was awesome. But in reality, he says. I thought it was going to be something to do with baldness. <laughs> that would have been coming straight for the head. But, uh. I was yeah, about to say. The car salesman, he doesn't need to be attacked anymore. Don't be too far. Uh, but in reality, a concussion on the hit at the end of the game took a hard blow, but the Raiders, a team that needs a win after starting 0-2, so his protocol could be rushed and be ready for week three. Uh, last two that we got, uh, first one being J.K. Dobbins, who was thought to be playing this week, but ended up being a last-minute inactive uh, contrary to his social media post saying he's fine, Mitchell says, Dobbins is still labeled as week-to-week in his recovery from the ACL tear, has been logging full practices with the team, they just have not felt confident enough to play him in-game. With the rushing attack producing nothing outside of Lamar, we could see a week three return, and Dobbins, from the videos we saw from training camp, I mean, he really did not look ready, That he had an obvious limp, so he might be out for another week, but Mitch seems optimistic. And the last guy that we got is Alvin Kamara, who did not, was another last-minute inactive on Sunday. Um, seemingly a costal cartilage injury like Herbert, Mitchell says. Team has been quite uh, quiet on severity and actual injury itself, but could be one of many of these fractures and discomfort. Realistically, team could numb area and he could play, but his absence Sunday could indicate a fracture to a rib, not the cartilage, which would mean bad things, but... Nice. Mitchell's injury report. Mitchell's report. Nice. Love it. All right. So, now we've got studs and duds, which is another segment that you're just going to hear my voice rattle on for another two minutes. Um, about guys that did really well in fantasy, the top performers this week, and then the guys that really fell short of their expectations this week by a mile. So, some of the studs this week. We have Lamar Jackson balling out in Miami, putting up 44 points. Batua did much of the same. He put up 42 points with six, pass, six passing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he scored 33 points on Monday night. Uh, Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones both scored 32 points, which made them the leaders of the running backs in fantasy this week. Stephon Diggs scored three touchdowns with almost 180 yards receiving, I think. Uh, he had 45 points. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle got more than 40 points. When do you think the last time that that happened was? That two receivers on the same team had 40 fantasy points. I don't know. Let's, uh, you, you keep Sweet. talking. I'll do some research. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I was specifically talking about, as I did the wide receiver rankings, how 
I was kind of backing off a Waddle this week because I just wanted to see one more week of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, like coexisting together. And I didn't think it was going to be a good week against a Ravens secondary, but both of them scored 40 points. So I had egg on my face. And Amon Ross St. Brown also threw some egg on my face with 39 points against my very own Commanders. Uh, Garrett Wilson, who's made our reels on Instagram absolutely fucking pop off. Uh, He had 30 points, which was nice. Yeah, let's go Facebook. Uh, And then Mark Andrews was another top performer this week at the tight end position with 26 points. So, those were some of the guys that balled out this week, but... We had some stinkers this week, and without further ado, I'll hop into the duds. So this week, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady on the quarterback side really stunk it up. Russell Wilson scored 11 points. Tom Brady scored 8 points to put two consecutive weeks of stinker fantasy performances together. Real quick, do you think Tom Brady is fantasy irrelevant now? No, I, I'm not ready to say because around this time last year he looked like shit, and then he finishes like. There's a lot more stuff going on. Now. Um, they did say they don't want to throw the ball 50 times a game, um, like they did, uh, last year. But I mean, when push comes to shove, they want to win football games, and if they can't win football games, not throwing the ball 50 times a game, they're gonna start throwing the ball 50 times a game, and. You know, I, I don't know if they'll be willing they'll be able to do that this year. I think, dude, it, it's starting to not look good. They're starting to catch the injury bug a little bit. Um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Tom Brady, and the only reason I say it's because like there's a lot of other shit going on with Tom Brady right now. A lot of other variables up in the air. So this is a different Tom Brady right now with shit in the air with his wife and you know his family and not spending enough time at home like. <laughs> That sounds ah, not really. Not super yeah, I enough. mean, probably makes it kind of difficult for you to focus on your job and what your twenty second season, twenty third. I don't know. He's an old man, but anyway, Tom Brady puts another stinker performance yeah. up. Uh, some of the other duds this week. Derrick Henry makes his way onto the list again. Fuck you, you piece of shit. You lost me single handedly a game pretty easily. If you would have scored like I don't know fifteen, I probably would have had it. But phew, you suck. You're, I don't know, man. Uh, Derrick Henry, not this year. Mm-mm. Definitely not feeding on that draft where he drafted him. Uh, he had nine points this week. Another running, but big name running backs really shit the bed this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor put up seven points against Jacksonville. You would have thought Frank Wright learned his lesson, but he didn't. Uh, Dalvin Cook scored eight points. Stinker. Zeke, another stinker of a performance with six points. And then on the wide receiver side, Devontae Adams, he did have a touchdown, but he only had two catches, so he ended up only having nine points. Uh, Jay Jeff, who was my number one wide receiver on the week um, because he was playing the team that passed him up on the draft. He had the best performance by far in week one, but he gets locked up by Darius Slay all game, so he finishes with 11 points. Jamar Chase also finishes with 11 points, so the Honestly, the top three receivers in fantasy heading into the year had absolute. Well, outside of Cooper Cup, had uh, absolute. Yeah, had absolutely stinker of a week. But to round out the list, Juju had four points on Thursday Night Football, which you're kind of kind of scares you if you invested in Juju as being the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs' offense this year. And Kyle Pitts puts up four points. I was just about to say Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts might be a 
Looks like you might be a permanent dud on this list, dude. Back to back, three point nine points for PPR. That's not good, dude. And they don't seem to care to get him involved either. I mean, maybe this is a buy low candidate, but I don't know. I, I think I might just be wanting to stay away. I think tight end is a really tough spot where you're either you already have or have not. And Kyle Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller, even Dalton Schultz to a certain degree, they're neither. And I'd I'd rather be a have not than to pay the price to go get one of those guys when they're not Kelsey or Andrews. So kind of a rough spot. Yeah, Hawkinson. I'd much rather just roll with like Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, Dallas Goddard if he's like you know, towards the bottom in your league. I don't know if I'm trading um, Kyle Pitts but yet. Yeah, kind of a, I don't kind know of if a I'm trading situation. Kyle Pitts yet. Just because he I is so him, clearly be like, oh, shit, the number he's... one option in, like, the pass game. Is he, though? I mean, it looks like Drake London I mean, right now. Is, yeah, is he the best? Is he the best player? Yes. But is he the number yeah, one Yeah, Zacchaeus and Drake know. London got a lot of work. Know. A lot of work. So, it... But, I mean, he did so well last year. He had 1,000 yards in his rookie season. So, like, I don't I, – I'm still a believer. I think he's he's going to – like, we – He's too talented, but I'm saying, like, if you were thinking, like, buy low, maybe don't. Unless, like, it's – unless it's super low. Unless whoever has Kyle Pitts is valuing him in that Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Matt – Pat Fryermuth type area – then I would probably, you know, I would jump on that because Kyle Pitts, like I said, is way too talented to be I think he tier. could still pretty um, easily if finish. If he's still being valued as a third-round pick, I'd say I that. think he could still pretty easily finish as a top three tight end outside of Andrews and Kelsey. Like, still. Well, I think so, too, just because yeah. Kittle hasn't played yet and Waller... And the drop, is, but, like, that's know, so easy to say at the tight end fantastic. position because, like... You have Kelsey, who's miles ahead of everybody else, and then you have Wall or Andrews, who's a little bit lower, a little yeah, bit lower. It. You said but, it. You said it. Well, okay. You said it. We've had two games this season, okay. man. Fuck you. I've had a little bit of a sample size. Mark Andrews led the league. And they I led think, the I think led they, the week. I was about to Mark say Andrews led the league. Who led the, is because week, Kelsey had like twenty five in his first week. 20, Andrews 20. had like ten, and then Kelsey had, had ten this week, and Andrews yeah. had like twenty five. So. 18.1 and then Andrews had or this is average he averaged 18.1 Andrews is averaging 17.9 oh, yeah, same shit so 0.15 points but you've got those two uh, guys who are going to finish way yeah way above all else. the rest of the tight ends and, and then all the other tight I ends said, are going to be within like 50 yards of each other like on receive that's why I said draft season dude you either get one of those two guys or you wait till you're you're picking the worst. You're you better be the last person to pick tight end if you don't pick. I'm trying to think guys. some buy low candidates on here. I mean, sell high is like I'd. I would say I, like I'd be ready to buy low on Derrick Henry because I think people are getting because like everything that was coming in even last year. I think that builds on it like all the preseason stuff from last year. Where they're like, oh, he's getting old, and then he comes out and he does great, but then he breaks his foot, and now everybody's worried about the injury. And now we're two games. Where one, he doesn't score, he gets 50 yards. In this game, he does score, but he only gets like 25 yards. I do think that this isn't the end. Like, we will see some games. And I mean, people that are valuing him, like, outside the top 20, like, come on. You got to start buying that. I think he's now officially moved out of the top 10 rest of season, um, at least in my mind and my rankings. Um 
but I, I would still look to buy. Luckily, if you can. in the league that I do have, At Henry, good I drafted Swift as well. So I feel pretty good about having Henry yeah. as RB2. That's why I was saying, like, if, if you drafted Henry, you be, I, I hope you drafted mm-hmm. Saquon. Because you can feel good about Henry as an RB2 every week. But if you drafted him to be your to carry your running back room, you're in trouble. Because that's just not going to happen this year. Uh, a sell-high sell candidate. A, I was just about to say, do you have some sell-high candidates? I know that we didn't really discuss this going into Tyree the show. Kill. I'm selling high on Tyreek Hill. I really think that the guy this year, I think Waddle will be the number one receiver in Miami this year. Uh, I think. I'm not, I'm saying sell high on Tyreek just because you always sell high when Tyreek goes yeah. off like this. That's what you do. That's, that's just good fantasy. Sell high like, when he's This looks like points. old. I still think he's going to be uh, the number one wide Like, receiver. it's going to be close. Don't get me wrong. Like, we were talking about it last week. Both these guys could finish when we originally thought that it was going to be T. Higgins and Jamar Chase finishing in the top five or top 10. Uh, it's probably going to be Waddle and Hill that end up both being top 10 fantasy wide receivers this year. But that looks like old Tyreek Hill. I don't, th- I think we've seen the last of old Tyreek Hill. Like I, for the most part, like putting this up, like semi consistently to like 25 plus I points, know, dude, I, like, I haven't I, seen anything. it's going to be a lot more boomer bust. Now. I haven't seen anything over the past. To, I haven't seen anything over the past two weeks that would suggest that he's not that guy. Anymore. As Waddle continues okay. to perform well, I do as Waddle continues this, to perform well. I agree. Waddle's good. Waddle's very good. But the thing is, Waddle is the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that the NFL has. Tyreek Hill is not the closest thing to Jalen Waddle. Like, Jalen Waddle is still second fiddle in my mind. Um, this should be an easy one. Anybody with good fantasy sense knows this. Sell yeah. high on Nick Chubb. Gets in the end three times. I mean, only reason I would say maybe like, I mean, if you could sell high and get a decent, like if he's, if somebody's valuing him as like a top six running back, like go for it, obviously, or even a top eight running back, go for it. But this team is going to continue to run the ball a lot without Deshaun Watson there. So I think Nick Mm -hmm. Chubb could put up similar Um, three touchdowns a lot, but I think he's going to be better than. What was yeah. assumed coming into the year? Yeah. Um, just one last question, then we'll probably yeah. move on from the fantasy stuff. Have you moved Stefan Diggs in front of the likes of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or Cooper Cup? I'm, I, f- I think it's fair to say that it's assumed that he is in front yeah, of Devontae Jamar Chase Adams for now. sure as well. Um, even though, yeah, not due to any fault of Devontae Adams, but you, so you are yeah. moving in front of mm-hmm. Jamar Chase rest of season. Like if you had yeah, to pick one, 100%. Like, and then, but you're keeping JJ and Cup over him. It's so hard. Yeah, probably because. Yeah, probably because also like rest of season, Cooper Cup and JJ are gonna have easier schedules. Like uh, it, it'll be a tougher yeah. road for Stefan. But and then I know I know I said last question, but actual last question. Amon yeah. saying Brown. Dude's hot know. right now. He's he he's hot. He's about as hot as anybody can be, especially riding off of last year, dude. This is this is about yeah. as hot as it gets. Um, I'm looking at a consensus ranking that has him as wide receiver six. Fucking God, holy shit, dude! I that's above mm. Tyreek Hill. That's above AJ Brown. Oh that's above Michael God. Pittman, Debo Samuel, Mike holy Evans. Shit. That's no no way I'm doing that. Like. Uh, Read those that read those names off again that he's ahead of. Okay. Tyree Kill. 
AJ, okay, AJ Brown. Brown and Tyreek Hill are both above. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's above. Debo Samuel. Oh. Jesus. I might put him on Rod above of Debo this year. Possibly. Yeah. Dad, I'll Jaylen look at Waddle. you. <laughs> slowly, slowly getting back into focus. <laughs> I can hear you just fine. T. Though. Higgins. <laughs> Cortland Sutton. <laughs> DJ Moore. Oh. CD, yeah. Keenan, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Gabe Davis. It's dude, I I mean, I think we were all I, I don't think anybody can say that they expected this from a Like he looks legitimately good. Now, am I ready to say that this is going to be <sighs> sustained? No. But guess what? I said this for probably twelve weeks about Debo Samuel. There were literally until like week twelve, I was like, Yeah, it's gonna stop next week. It's over. There was a point, I think it was like week six or week seven, where um, I kept seeing him in trades, and I literally told them, do not even put Debo Samuel in the trade. I will treat him like he's nothing. I will treat him like he's not even, like it's not even a player in the trade. And lo and behold, he finishes a top two wide receiver on my team. Actually. I drafted so that's Debo the best part of that. last year, which, is, which hurts me more than I can explain in words, man. I can't. It's... And Najee, I traded Najee, traded Kelsey, like all in the same trade. Bro, I got fucked. How did I manage to do that? That's. <laughs> I think I think like the matchup, like the when you like going through a trade and you're like this person essentially for this person, this person. The matchup with Debo Samuel was Robert Woods. But then the, it, I'm sure it bounced out somewhere else. Like obviously. Yeah, but like when we were like trying to line it up, like okay, I'm getting this person for this person, this person. It was it was Bobby Trees for Debo Samuel. That was what it was before. Um, but that was see, before Robert. Back? Like we kind of thought that maybe he was still wide receiver one above Cooper Cup at that point. Like maybe there was a chance. Yeah. But then he got injured. So I was a Robert. I was a Robert Woods survivor. <laughs> I I was a Robert oh, Woods that, survivor of where that Stanford where racism. that was pride, dude. You're a fucking badge, but. Yeah, yeah, that just about does it for the All fantasy. Right. Let's, yeah, let's keep it rolling. For the fantasy. But I do have to take a restroom break real quick. So I'm going to throw the we'll be back screen up for like 30 seconds. You and these restroom. No, dude, let me, oh, let me okay. talk. All, All right, right, man. Dude, I'll, I'll lead you. What are, we, yeah. what are we talking about? Okay, you I'll, send you, I'll set you up. I won't even say shit. You can lead it off. All right, ready? Boom. No, I need to know what we were going to. I need to know what was Go next. Go for it. Okay. Um. All right. Wow. All right. Now the pressure's on. I don't know. I don't know why I signed myself up for this. Um. Jesus. Am I just? Should I just not talk? I could just not talk, and then I'll just like jump in as soon as he um. As soon as he comes back. Hmm. Tell a joke, huh? I could tell a joke. I'm trying to get all my all my close friends to come come check us out here. Um. Hmm. I I consider myself a pretty funny guy, but I don't know. Man. Yeah, I'm just gonna I think I might just wait till he walks in and then I'm gonna start like talking like I've been going on for a little bit. Darn it. Yeah, so like dude, I'm I'm legitimately worried for what New Orleans has going because I mean Tampa completely shut them down. Like it was it was rough, dude. It was rough. Tell a joke. I, I, Lake says, I tell think, a joke. I, 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, I was I was going on about uh, New Orleans, man, and Jameis, and how it's a little it's a little shitty, and I'm getting booed, and that, yeah, little yeah, little Iverson that's action, trippy. yeah, that's trippy. You got both that. the Sixers gear um, rocking today. Um, I know, I know. Well, it's because James Harden got a football. Did you tell lesson. a joke? Yeah. I did. It okay. was it was funny. It was about okay. Jameis. All right. Fair enough. But, yeah. I mean, you were talking about how shitty New Orleans was this week. And, man, they were shitty, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was. It was and we are. Three of us picked except you. <laughs> Everybody except Jaden picked the Saints to win this one because the Saints have been the bugaboo. And, dude, we saw a Marshawn Lattimore-Mike Evans fight, which was awesome. Love to see that. I mean, best undoubtedly the best cornerback wide receiver matchup in football now. I mean, that was awesome when Lattimore started to get in Tom Brady's face. And then Arians, did you see the video where like Arians like sends out Mike Evans kind of as like an attack dog? He's he's like, go yeah. get him, did go get see, him. And he's like, that's, the, fuck, um, that's fucking Tom Brady. Yeah, he's like, that's fucking refs. Tom Brady. What do you want me yeah. to do? Like, that's exactly, I mean, that's yeah, the face of the NFL right there, dude. Like, what the fuck else do you want me to do? I totally agree yeah. with Mike Evans there. 100%. And Arians told him to do it, man. He came out flying out of a cannon, dude. Fucking boom. That was awesome. Love football. But Winston looked incredibly terrible in this game. Um, there were some high expectations for Jameis coming into this year after starting the year extremely hot last year and then suffering a season-ending injury. But... Is INT Winston back? Because this is a guy who at one point led the league in passing touchdowns and passing interceptions for the first time in NFL history. He went 25 for 40 in this one, 236 yards and three INTs. He was sacked six times. Is the bad Jameis back? Is he just not the guy in New Orleans? I mean, it it damn seems like that right now. Also, Aaron Judge just oh, hit sixty. Wow. Look, he's getting close, dude. I think Maris is sixty-one, so he's he's getting there. I hope he's not. I don't juicing. know if he'll hit Bonds, but he he's. De- I really hope he's not juicing too. But yeah, Tyler just said Judge hit sixty. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the blitz and bases. Let's go. Um, but yeah, dude. Um. I'm a little worried for New Orleans because uh, the thing with Jameis is, yeah, you might get those games like we saw last year um, to start the year, but if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, can you trust Jameis Winston to not give you one of these games in one out of four win- one out of four games? Because I know yeah. I can't. I-, I can't say that Jameis Winston – and this was a concern I had about Matt Stafford. So, you know, I who, who the fuck am I? I guess I know nothing. But, like – I, I can't see Jameis Winston giving you four straight weeks of mistake-free football. I, I just, I can't see it. So I, I, I don't trust him to go out and get wins consistently. Um, and for that reason, I don't trust are the we looking to do that. Despite how good this defense and despite how are good we these playmakers are. Are we looking back on signing as a mistake now? I would say... Because is, remember, the remember, like you, you were so avid about you could have just gotten Jameis Winston. You could have gone out and got Jameis Winston instead of trading for Carson yeah. Wentz. All you gave up for Carson Wentz. I want Carson Wentz instead of Jameis Winston. 
I can't trust Carson. I can't trust. Car- I can't trust Carson Wentz to give you four straight games of um, of yeah, no, hundred percent mistake free football. Like is one thing, but like playing good football with mistakes is another. Like Carson has played good football in the first two weeks while making some mistakes. Jameis hasn't played that great of football, ex- except against a questionable Atlanta Falcons defense. Well, he hasn't had a chance to. I think he hasn't had enough games to play really good football. Um, like last year, he he showed flashes, and I I know that we're we're pulling from a two game sample size here, so it's really hard to like say like oh this guy's played great or this guy's plays terrible, despite the fact that that's exactly what we're doing. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. Um, but as of right now, man, it, it does feel like the same Jameis that we didn't trust for so long in Tampa where he leads the league in passing yards, but he also leads the league so in So after being so, I just want to get um, your confirmation on this. After being so avid for Jameis over Carson in the offseason, are you comfortable having Carson Wentz over Jameis Winston now? I need a week. Motherfucker leads the league in touchdowns. I'm not comfortable having, I'm not comfortable. He also yeah. leads the league in picks. Okay. It's Carson Wentz experience, baby. That is exactly what Jameis yeah. did. I know that's the Jameis Winston experience too. Anyway, it's a good. It's a good debate. I I can't feel. I'm not going to feel confident saying that Jameis Winston is better than Carson Wentz either. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'll much. take that. <laughs> right. Let's move on to our next topic of debate, and that is that the Colts are dead. Talked about it earlier. I don't know how you can lose that game. The Jags' home streak versus the Colts at home extends to eight. Just fucking ridiculous. Matt Ryan looks like a bottom five quarterback in the league right now. Um, I know he didn't have his weapons in this game, but that doesn't change the way he looks when he's throwing that football because it really looks bad. And they have somewhat of a tight schedule coming up the next five games. They've got the Chiefs <laughs> next game at the – yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ. And then they play the Titans – which I think the Titans are better than the Colts. Yeah. Uh, then they play at the Broncos, which they'll lose. Then they play the Jags, which right, they'll lose like at home. Um, and then they play the Titans at the Titans, which they'll probably lose. So, really spiraling fast for the Colts. Are we did it, are we ready to declare them dead, deceased, time of death, 10.35 p.m. on a uh, Tuesday? No, I'm not ready to declare them dead. Um, I think it's fair to say that there are some serious concerns going on because they will likely lose against Kansas City next week, starting them 0-3. And I can't remember too many teams that made the playoffs, much less made deep Super Bowl runs starting 0-3. In fact, I know it's been two seasons, but no team started to 0-2 and made the playoffs since we added the seventh team. Um, which again, very small sample size, but nobody's done it yet. Um, in this division, I think you've got the best chance of any, but it, it doesn't look good right now. I'll tell you that much. You you better be thankful that Tennessee looks like shit and that Jacksonville was just picking number one and the Texans have the worst roster in the league because and you you'd be pretty far behind the eight ball. Like no nobody would be saying like, Oh, wait till they get back wait till they get this person back or wait till that they get this person back. Um and they'll win this division because it would already be over if they were in yeah. most other divisions. And I mean God, it's so bad. And the Texans, like, I would put the Texans 
over the Colts right now. Like, even looking back at our power rankings, like, I probably like the Texans better than the Colts right now. Just because, the, I mean, their defense looks good under Lovey Smith. And Davis Mills is, I like Davis Mills over Matt Ryan. What do you think? Ah, nah. Uh, no. Davis Mills has thrown for 300 yards no, this year so far. Like, in a game, which Matt Ryan hasn't gotten close to. He did it multiple times last year. That's He's got Brandon Cooks. That may be true. No, you're just not buying it. You hate Davis Mills too. I don't hate him. I I did say that he was burning a draft pick <laughs> multiple um, times. <laughs> <laughs> multiple times, and I and to be honest, <laughs> I stand by that. Jesus, I, I think he was drafted in the fifth <laughs> round, <do>. right? <laughs> No, he was the first pick of the third round. He could have gotten a starter. He is a starter. He is a starter. A starting quarterback. <laughs> he is a starter. He oh my a god, starter. a starting quarterback. Um, but I, listen, listen, dude. If if okay, let's say the Texans are picking number one overall, and Davis Mills plays top twenty-four football this year. Top twenty-four. Totally in expectations. Term. Um. I wouldn't put him lower than 24, probably. Yeah. This year. Plays top 24. Yeah. And you're probably right. But guess what? If they're picking number one over, that means they have the choice of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. And they look at Davis Mills and be like, okay, you know what? He's not half bad. Maybe we could win with this guy. And they pass on arguably two generational quarterback prospects in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Generational, I'm really stretching it there. But two re- damn good quarterback prospects, way better than anything we saw last year. And they take Will Anderson. Will Anderson's a phenomenal player, and he probably should be the number one pick in this year's draft. But they could be passing on the chance to literally flip their franchise around and go get their second franchise quarterback in the last five years to take an edge rusher and roll with Davis Mills for another year. He just gives you a, he gives you an excuse to be average. If sucks this year, though. Like, I And mean... we're not talking... I think Lovey should be the coach like for a couple years in Houston. If they suck this year, he's probably gonna get fired, which I don't want to happen. That's that's I don't want to happen. I want Lovey to stay. That's true. Yeah, it's uh tough shit in Indy. Granted, he is playing Rex Burkhead significant snaps over Damian Pierce. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, the Colts still barely moving. Barely. Yeah. It's neither here nor there. All right. Let's move on to I'm ready for this, man. I'm ready. Boom! There's the guy. There's the guy who had one of the best quarterback performances in recent memory on Sunday, man. So, oh, I will dive into it. You you really you really played. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said I'm gonna let you go. I said and I'll say it again if you didn't hear me correctly. One of the best quarterback quarterback performances of recent history in the NFL. And I say this because Tua went 36 for 50, 469 yards, six touchdowns, and only two picks. So, a lot of people last year were like, oh, Jalen Waddle, he just, or not Jalen Waddle, Tua, he just dumps it off. You know, he can't make a pass five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Like, that was a lot of the debate from Tua last year. Which... He couldn't last year, and I stand by that. His A dot yeah. was six yards. Okay, all right, but obviously has turned it around a little bit this year because on throws farther than twenty yards downfield, 
He was four for five, 155 yards, and three tuds. And that's passes that are at least 20 yards through the air. So you can make the argument that, Okay, like he's gonna like a lot of it was yards after catch because it is Jalen Waddle and it is Tyree Kill. Sure, that's a hundred percent the case. But he was throwing deep, hundred and fifty-five yards and three tuds throwing the deep ball. That's pretty good, and that makes up a decent amount. That makes up half the touchdown production right there. So that's impressive. And he's the first quarterback since Patrick Mahomes in twenty eighteen to throw for six touchdowns in a game. So that's been four years since a quarterback has thrown six touchdowns in a game. He is one of four quarterbacks to throw for six touchdowns since 2015. So, one of four quarterbacks since 2015 to throw for six touchdowns. And then, he is one of six quarterbacks to throw for six touchdowns and 450 yards since 1991. 31 years! There's only been six quarterbacks that have thrown for six touchdowns and 450 yards. And one of them is Tua Tungavailoa. And I got a lot of, I started to get some hate in the chat yesterday. Like, all oh, passing yards don't correlate to good quarterback success. Okay. He's second in average QBR for the year. And I know it's been two game sample size, but you guys threw it at me, so I'm throwing it back at you. Second in average QBR for the year. And he's fourth highest in average passer rating for the year. So, give it to me, man. Was this not a prime time? Starting top twenty NFL quarterback in the league. I mean, obviously this was this was a top five performance, top three, top two performance, whatever you want to say. This was fucking awesome. But I'm ready. I think Tua is the franchise guy in Miami, and I can't say the same thing about Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Yeah, no. See, I feel like if you say it about one, you got to say it about the other. I think that Tua is just as much of a product of Mike McDaniel and his system as Tua is a product of himself and, you know, being the quarterback that he is. I think you plug Jimmy Garoppolo in this Mike McDaniel offense and you would see similar results as you did. Jimmy G couldn't throw down field, man. Couldn't throw down field. The reverse throwing motion. I think when you look at him as a righty, it looks so much better. Um, I can't really explain it, but that's, yeah, that's just how it is. I think it, Part of it is throwing motion, but like I said, I don't think you can say that Tua is a franchise guy and Jalen Hurts is not. I think they both are and neither of them are. Okay. Because I think they're about the same level right now. I, I do like what I saw from Tua, and I also think that he made some poor decisions in the first half that dug them the hole that they were in in the first place. He did throw two interceptions in that first half that were poor choices. Um and that put them in a situation where they did have to come back. Um, where he has to yeah, put the team on his like back and I throw saw. for 469 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that it's... actually. That is exactly what I was referring to. He made a couple of mistakes early Thank that for, forced uh, him. Assisting. He made a couple of mistakes early that forced him to have one of the best quarterback performances in the past 30 years. It's so, a decent way to put yes. it. Yeah, that's a decent way to put it. Uh, but all right, that's exactly what I, yeah, dude, you, you are really hitting it right on the money, dude. Our connection is so bad. You're, right now. you're a smart cookie. Our connection's like floating up and down, up and down. Them bricks is way too hot. Cut it. Okay. Put Hopefully it. our kilobytes per second stays constant. Uh, but let's dive into our, we'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the Tua versus Jalen Hurts debate. Cause that's a fun one because they, 
fought it fought fought it out at uh, Alabama um, in college. So and then Jalen Hurts transfers to Oklahoma, has this great year. Tua has this great year with Alabama, but it's it's really cool to see that those two are kind of like being compared now in the NFL on two different teams. So it's really cool. But all right, we'll talk a little bit more about Tua versus Hurts when we get to the Monday Night Football games. But let's talk about Trey Lance's injury and what it means for the rest of his career, man. I mean, dude, season-ending ankle injury for Trey, uh, Trey Lance. I mean, they drafted him third overall. They gave him a year to sit last year, kind of figured things out behind Jimmy G. And then this was his team this year. He was supposed to take him to the promised land, and it's over, man. And Jimmy G, the highest-paid backup in the NFL, comes in and goes 13 for 21, 154 yards, and a touchdown in classic Jimmy G fashion. But I really want to talk about Trey Lance long-term, dude. Like, is Lance's NFL career, like, not just in jeopardy, but, like, over? Because this dude hasn't, like, this dude has barely had an NFL career. Like, in college, he started 16 games in 2019, one in the 2020 COVID season. So that's 17 games of total football outside of high school. And then you go to the NFL. He gets drafted third overall, 49ers straight up for him. He has 56 pass completions in eight NFL games, which is terrible. And then he has a season-ending ankle injury to put him out for the rest of the year. So is Trey Lance worth a bag of chips now, dude? Like, I, I don't know what the future is for him. If Trey Lance gets put on the trade block tomorrow, he probably still yields at least a second-round pick, if not a first-round After um, an ankle injury like this, that could affect him long-term. After an career. ankle injury like this, I, I, I still – and the problem is he won't get put on the trade block because they did invest three first-round picks into him. They're going to play him until they know 100% that he absolutely sucks because – you you gotta you gotta exhaust all options. You gotta and they're gonna blame it. I mean, obviously you can't blame this, but if he sucked, dude, they'd be like, okay, well maybe it's the receivers, maybe it's the play caller, maybe it's this and that, because they put so much into this guy that they want him to work out and they're gonna want to do anything that's possible. Obviously, the only thing that can be done now is to wait until next year. Um and it's it's just a shitty situation. Um gotta say, man, I am happy for Jimmy G. He he waited this out. And now he's going to be a starter again. And it's for the same team he's been a starter for for the last three or four years. And honestly, man, I, there were reports all offseason that, like, the locker room's divided. And, you know, half of the locker room really loves Jimmy G. And they wish that he would stay the quarterback. And while it said the locker room's divided and, and it's half or whatever, never heard them say explicitly that the other half loves Trey Lance. Which leads me to believe that Nobody was really feeling old lap dance Lance um, from the jump. Lap dance and they, Lance. They really, they really. When did you throw that one together? Yeah, they were really. Dude, have you not? No, I haven't. Are you not hit? I I know. I saw the uh, the lap dance obviously, but I didn't. Yeah, that's a that's a nice creative name for it, man. <laughs> I fuck with it. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Lap dance Lance. Um. Yeah, but um. I'm, I am glad to see Jimmy yeah. G back in a starting role. Yeah. That's my guy. I wanted to see him. In- what I'll say about Trey Lance is um, I mentioned it this offseason. Like, there was talks that they didn't even – Kyle Shanahan didn't even want Trey Lance. Like, he was convinced by the rest of the organization to take Trey. He wanted Mac Jones. 
Coach Dillingham. Yeah, he wanted Mac Jones. That was a lot of the talk going into the draft. He showed out to his pro day. Like, it was a big deal. It was almost like, I mean, (laughs) Mac Jones at three was pretty set in stone and then shocks the world and takes Trey Lance at three. But a lot of it was because of that picture, apparently, that came out during the national championship of Mac Jones looking like 300 pounds. But (laughs) obviously, it ends up that Mac Jones is not 300 pounds and he's actually a decent NFL quarterback. Which Trey Lance can't say because he hasn't been able to get on the field and actually play consistently. So, mm, looking looking rough, looking rough. Are we ready to declare Trey Lance is like the worst quarterback of that class? No, no, because Zach Wilson hasn't really shown me that much either. As much as I like Zach Wilson, um, plus Davis Mills is in that mm, class. You're right. You're right. What am I saying? <laughs> All right. Let's move on from uh, Trey Lance and the injury woes in San Fran. Let's move to the Bengals offensive line really giving Joey B a time in their game against Dallas. Uh, I think the spread was over three at least. But the Bengals do fall to the boys, and a lot of it, like I said, was because of this newfound offensive line. They allowed six sacks against Dallas, seven sacks against Pittsburgh. That's the most sacks allowed by an offensive line in the NFL so far this season. Dude, besides the Titans, do they look like the worst of last year's playoff teams? And it's crazy to say that because they were the ones that made the AFC, won the AFC championship and made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to argue for anybody else. Pats. I mean, them and Tennessee Pats are the too. only teams. Pats too. They made the playoffs. Pats, too. Um, but Tennessee and Cincinnati are the only mm-hmm. two they're own, too. Um, and I know <laughs> wins aren't everything. Um, but, yeah, Cincinnati's got some serious looking inward to do. And the thing that does leave optimism for Cincinnati is it's not blowouts. They lost on game-winning field goals. Both games that they played, they weren't getting the shit their shit kicked in, um, like Tennessee. So there is a little optimism there. Everybody's healthy-ish. I mean, T. Higgins is there. Uh, he did, well, did, he played all of mm-hmm. last week, right? Yeah. I'm not tripping. Yeah, I thought he did. Um, but so there's that. You have everybody. It's just not working out there's a lot of newness i mean you're you're starting three new all the entire right side of the line is brand new um well the from left over really because cordell volson also new starter uh this year so you're you're running out an entire new offensive line there's going to be some learning curves there's going to be some bumps um hopefully it gets figured out i think it does get figured out because this team is good like we we did say all offseason, like, you know, maybe this team doesn't make the playoffs this year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. And that can still remain true. But this is still a pretty good football team um, that has the ability to make yeah. noise in the AFC. So, I, I think they just need to maybe maybe they t- maybe Dude, they take an early bye week. And uh, they just, you honestly, know, figure it out. Honestly, as I'm thinking about it, outside of Joey B, the comp between and outside of the two... <laughs> A really solid wide receiver core, but like the Detroit offense and the Cincinnati, like as a team, both those teams are pretty similar. Detroit and Cincinnati, stellar offensive lines. No, because Detroit's offensive line is, yeah, but Cincinnati's offensive yeah, well, line. Yeah, well, it's supposed stellar. to be. It was supposed to be so far, and I well, and while I talk, you 
Oh, no, no. Eh. I was about to say, something's wrong with my books, but yeah. it kind of fixed itself. Um, and what it was supposed to be, I think it might be more of a Joe Burrow problem than an offensive line problem because we've we've seen offensive line. I mean, they've allowed thir- they've allowed thirteen sacks in two weeks with a brand new offensive line that has a future. Or an, I believe Lyle mm-hmm. Collins made a Pro Bowl. Alex Kappa, Ted Cross, both been starters in the league for many years. Um, Jonah Williams is even a relatively solid left tackle. Um, he's at worst a league average guy. Um, so maybe it is a Joe Burrow problem, and uh, nobody's really seeming to cast the blame on old Joe Shiesty because he wears cool sunglasses <laughs> and fur coats. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely it. I mean, one thing that I notice when I'm watching the Bengals games, he sucks at stepping up in the pocket. It's like he's afraid. Like, I think he might be legitimately afraid after some of the injuries that he suffered, like, so far early. Well, it's because FedEx yeah. Field scarred him for life. Legitimately, FedEx Field did scar him for <laughs> life. Been doing that since 2010, baby. There's a humongous scar on Dude, his knee. Been doing that since 2010, the NFL players, man. Started with Adrian Peterson. But, um, yeah, I think it might be a Joe Burrow problem. I think he does have a problem stepping up in the pocket, moving around in the pocket in general, being maneuverable. I mean, we saw last year he was willing and able to rush out of the pocket, but it seems like this year he's less willing to do that, maybe because he has more confidence as an offensive line. But it seems to be a misplaced confidence so far this year. <clears throat> I was at a lot of Bengals fans down here in Kentucky because that's the closest pro team that we have. And I was having a conversations with, conversation with one of them in my sports class today. And he was like, his excuse for losing the game was like, oh, you know, like same shit that we were saying, like new faces. Um, Lyle Collins was out last week. So we have a brand, uh, we're plugging him in brand new. So like, it's, it's a lot of newness, but doesn't matter what you roll out there on that offensive line. It's better than what you had last year. And you made it to the Super Bowl with that offensive line. So I told him straight up to his face, there's no excuse. Like, I was like, you did everything to fix the offensive line in the offseason. Anything was better than what you had last year, which you made it to the Super Bowl with. And, like, it, you can't play well under this newfound offensive line. That's, there's no excuses there. There's none, in my opinion. And I love to say it to Bengals fans because they are so confident in themselves all the time. Like, they all came out of the woodwork as, like, the season went on. Like, oh, shit, I, Cincinnati's an hour away from here. Let me find my Bengals hat. Like, Jesus Christ, man, I hate them down here. Bro. <laughs> my dad got me a Bengals jersey. Joe Sicey! Joe Burr! Joe Burr! Like, whew, it's, it's, a, it's a different yeah. level of harassment. Yeah. Oh, dude, imagine being, oh, yeah, imagine being in the same division as them. And imagine getting the sh- your shit kicked well, like, twice last year. After beating them up for all the shit that you heard about the Ravens when we were going to like high school, middle school, like all the outrageous takes we would hear about the Ravens, it's the same thing with the Bengals here. It's like fucking, oh, you guys are so stupid. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't. Yeah. Also, Ravens, also yeah. in my division. So yeah, I, I. So all right, let's move on to the Cardinals beaten. Yeah, little man, little man, cause he was. I was watching the. I was talking to Jade before the podcast, and we had the highlights on him our sports analytics class today. And he just is the muffin man. He's a little tiny toddler just running around. He ran around in the backfield for twenty. He just yes, is. He the ran around man. for twenty seconds in the backfield, and eventually was just pointing, directing traffic, and eventually finds himself into the end zone. Basically, puts the team on his back. But 
I mean, we were talking about it with the power rankings. We don't really have to spend too much time on this, but will the Cardinals be okay or no? Do they have a, Do you think they have a legit? No. Do you think they still have a chance to win that division? I don't know, man. That injury. I mean, I I think the Niners are better off with Jimmy G. Mm. So I don't really know. I'm gonna say because no. I think I would. I just because like Rams Cardinals right now. It's close. It's close. Even though even though the Rams are stars and scrubs, um, I still feel better about their roster top to bottom than I do with the Cardinals because the roster or the Cardinals roster is just scrubs. There's one star and it's Kyler Murray. And the rest are scrubs. That's a um, little... and then San Francisco's San Francisco's roster is just significantly better. Yeah. than Arizona. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on from. And like, yeah, just real quick, take Kyler Murray. Just just remove him from the NFL. Act like he wants to go play baseball. I'm taking Seattle over their roster all every mm-hmm. all day every day. There's just more talent on Seattle's roster than what is on Arizona's roster right now. If you remove Kyler Murray. Yeah. God, you fucking hate the Cardinals, dude. And Mitch does too, so they I can't suck, really dude. can't really hate on it, but they fucking stink. Fair enough. Alright. Let's dive into some of our Monday night football matchups and some takeaways from that. Uh Stefan Diggs is him, dude. He's him. Taylor mentioned it earlier. He's him. He's a terp. He's a fucking dog. He had twelve catches, hundred and forty eight yards, and three touchdowns. And did we have, were we talking about it on the pod? Yeah, yeah, we were. Okay. We had, we had the conversation about whether or not he's the best wide receiver in the game so far. But another quick takeaway from this game, Malik time in Tennessee. Malik Willis saw playing time starting in the third quarter. Assume Tannehill gets to start last week as we were talking about, but when do you see Malik Willis step in? Because I think it's just a matter of when now. Uh, I think it, it, because the thing is, what you saw was not exciting. Like if it was like he like put together a drive, like if he put together one drive, they'd be playing be like, that all morning on ESPN. Okay. You know, maybe this is. Yeah, but he didn't. He put the ball on the ground. Um, like I said, first read through and through was. Literally, is my first read open? Yes, for to him. No, I'm gone. And he he did look explosive. I mean, he looked not like fast, but he just looked like he was moving. And I think it's something about Buffalo. I don't know if they're like seats are moved in further, but where they've got the camera set up, it feels like I'm like right, like I'm like literally on the sideline, but just like 30 feet up. Like, and I'm just like staring, like I'm. I'm right there. I don't know what it is. I'm. I feel so close whenever I'm watching a Buffalo. Never game. thought about that. I don't know why. It just feels very close. Malik Willis. Everyone looks so big because I feel so close. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a while. Push it past week um, ten, or things are going to have to go week bad. Ten. Do you think he huh? goes in after week ten? I think he goes in before week ten. I'm gonna need some to see some really bad shit from Tannehill, which Tannehill is very well capable of in his own right. I will, I, I will say, that. Tana, Tannehill yeah, knows how to I put together some bad shit. I saw plenty of bad shit um, last night to make my decision, but 
Yeah, I was about to. He be would he? Okay, would you be ready to say the hell with Tannehill this week? No, because I don't think Malik Willis looked that much better. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. But as um, he's but a rookie, he's clear. a rookie, and as but he gets more is, reps in practice, like I mean, by week ten, he's probably going to be the better NFL quarterback. It's see, that's the thing though. I can't. It's going to be years before he's an NFL ready quarterback years like when we think about him being the third quarterback drafted the third quarterback drafted the year before last was trey lance with the number three overall pick malik willis was picked at 86 like third round quarterbacks in most years don't even get to see the field like their career backups whereas now we're like this guy's the heir apparent because he was the third round pick and everybody thought but it's I mean, not hell, Night the night. It's of not the an draft. heir apparent question. People though. thought he was going to go number it's not two in yeah, Detroit. We did, and that was fucking crazy. I, I, I still like. There's not even a guarantee. There's not even a guarantee that Malik Willis ever starts for Tennessee. Like that. That is a realistic possibility that Malik <sighs> Willis just yeah never starts okay. for the Tennessee Titans. That that could happen because they didn't invest enough in him to say, okay, he's definitely our guy when we're done with Tannehill. Like it's Malik, it, it like the, it's not like the Trey Lance situation where like when we're done with Jimmy G it's time we're full all wheels up on Trey Lance. Like with Malik Willis, that could never happen because he, the yeah, investment's not there. The investment the isn't there, there, but also the quarterback isn't there. Like Ryan Tannehill, you not all NFL teams have Ryan Tannehill stinking it up that bad at their starting quarterback position. Like, not all teams in the NFL have this kind of urgency. Yeah. But Malik Willis is thinking it up worse. <laughs> it can't get much worse. It can't get much worse than what Tannehill put on production uh, yesterday night. So I think we'll just agree to disagree, man. I think Malik Willis ends up before week 10 being the starter for Tennessee. And you think Tannehill makes it past week 10? All right. I think he might finish the season. Okay. Be honest with you. And I know, I know Tannehill. Hey, I, I respect it. I respect it. All right, man. Uh, Chloe says, yes, no way. And then you say, yes, it. way. Nice response. Kudos. <laughs> That's true. All right, here we go. We've talked so much. I saved this for last because it's probably going to be the best. We've talked so much about Jalen Hurts in the past 24 hours. And our opinions on Jalen Hurts my opinions versus your opinions and honestly before before 24 hours ago i probably was almost indifferent on Jalen hurts and now i am his biggest hater on the planet and now jaden's <laughs> almost yeah, indifferent. like and now jaden's like his main propaganda man so good for you man but let's go uh, I'm the let me set the stage let me set the stage before we uh start duking it out Jalen Hurts. Dude, you got you to gotta roll the clip from last week. <laughs> That'd be nice, dude. It, it, once we get a setup where I can roll clips from last week, that'll be dope. Keep the receipts. Eat your words from last Kane week. Last week, Kane, LOL. Yeah, it's funny. That's funny. Dude. It, no, for real. Good shit. Congrats. I got plenty. Like, I got some shit to say, though. Like, that was a really good quarter. That was a really good football performance from Jalen Hurts yesterday. 100%. Hats off, dude. This motherfucker skipped class to do research on Jalen Hurts' propaganda, so <laughs> yeah. get ready for this. So, okay. He went 26 for 31, 333 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Awesome. And then he went 11 rushes, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. 
That's a hell of a game. Hell of a fantasy performance. Hell of a performance in general, man. He is the seventh quarterback in NFL history with 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns in a game. That's the only good thing that I'll say about Jalen Hurts. Okay? I know. I know. It was the, the stat the stat was too see, good. See, now wait a minute. The stat wait, was wait. too good. What what Tua did, what Tua did was only the sixth time since 1991, right? Wasn't that what it was? Uh yes. But this is so specific, dude. Like it was literally but 400, Hurts, 450 seven, passing yards and six touchdowns. That was the only criteria. Hertz's criteria is 300 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Like that's such a weird criteria. Like the amount of quarterbacks that have done that in NFL. Like Tyler Hundley's probably done that at some point. Like I, I, I want to see the list honestly. Yeah, because Tyler Huntley's got a whole bunch of games. I want to see the list of full quarterbacks. So if we can find that at some point, I'd love to look it over. But like that's such a that's yeah, I'll a, put our stats guy on that. That's such a weird criteria, in my opinion. Like four hundred fifty passing yards and six touchdowns. That's just a flat out darn good fucking balling out quarterback performance right there. Like this is just unique. Congratulations. It's, there's been seven <laughs> times that's ever happened. <sighs> It's more unique than what Tua did. Yeah, but it's so weird. Like, I, okay. All right. It was good. It was an awesome performance. And right. I think Tua had a better performance than Tua, uh, than Jalen Hurts did on Monday night. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. All right. Hey, man. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. No, not not exactly bloody knuckles to the end. I appreciate that. But, not all right. This is the case against Jalen Hurts and his performance against the Vikings. So, this Viking secondary, let's not forget, they allowed the fifth most passing yards per game in the NFL last year, and they only got worse in the secondary. So they added some rookies. They added some wow. rookies. But it's like they're still getting adjusted. They and didn't lose anybody. Pat Pete, I mean, Pat Pete just being on the roster another year is a downgrade, um, in my opinion. I don't know, dude. They kicked the shit out of Aaron Rodgers last uh, week. Christian Watson put him on the flow. A rookie didn't catch the ball, but he put him on the yeah. low. So but this Viking secondary, let's not. One round. So Ravens secondary, Viking secondary. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just Raven I'm just secondary, Viking secondary. That Raven, Raven secondary. Yes, sucks. they did suck, but they are ten times more talented than the Viking secondary. They got Marcus Peters. They just brought in Kyle Hamilton. You got Marlon Humphrey, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Like, I mean, come on now. And then they just got Marcus Johnson. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Marlon Humphrey. Arguably the best corner. You did not just fucking say <sighs> that Arguably. Shit. I threw the argument. Come on, man. Him. Come on but, now. Okay. There is no they, Okay, arguably the best secondary in the NFL on paper. Arguably the best secondary. Okay, okay. Yeah, they just yeah, they signed Marcus Johnson. I'm just I'm just cherry I'm just cherry picking your argument. Yeah, but they signed you, uh, Marcus Johnson in the offseason, and you've got Kyle Hamilton at the other safety position, and then you have Marcus Peters, dog, fucking Marlon Humphrey, dog. Like this secondary is talented. The Vikings secondary sucks. What Tua did was more impressive against a more impressive secondary than what Jalen Hurts did against a shitty Vikings defense. But more of the case against Hurts, and this is directly comparing Hurts and Tua in their first. 18 NFL games. Okay? So, first, I'll start it off by saying, versus the Vikings on Monday night, I read the stats off for Tua. 
on 20 yards downfield throws. On throws more than 20 yards downfield. Against the Vikings on Monday night, Jalen Hurts completed only one pass for more than 20 yards through the air. And it was the duck of a ball to Quez Watkins, who was wide open on blown coverage. So, I'm not... That's, that's concerning. It's just his third game ever eclipsing 300 passing yards. But, Tua has only had three games eclipsing 300 passing yards as well. So, pretty close. It's just his third game eclipsing 25 completions. Tua has seven games with 25 completions or more. That was the highest completion percentage by far of Jalen Hurts' career so far in the in his first 18 games. And this is just through 18 games, like I said. That was the highest completion percentage of his career, 83.9. Zero other games higher than 80% completion percentage. Tua had three games with a completion percentage higher than 80%, and all three with at least 25 completions. So you can't say, oh, he threw three, two passes and or three passes and didn't miss the fourth. Like, he had 25 completions in all three of those games. So, through the first 18 NFL games of their career, Tua is clearly a better quarterback. And now he's definitely a better quarterback, in my opinion. So after one game, one game, we're like, okay. I just wanted, I okay, That's all right, it. I'll tell, I'll rewind that. It definitely, I'll t- rescind that. But I just want to numb, like Tua's been doing it longer than Jalen Hurts has, and better than Jalen Hurts has. He's not. He's not. Jalen Hurts didn't get the starting. Okay, usually I love to err on the side of draft selection, but. <sighs> Jalen Hurts didn't get the starting job because he was drafted in a position where Wentz, you know, was coming off of, it was what, two years removed from being an MVP candidate? Like, he wasn't really drafted into a situation to start right away, whereas Tua was and didn't win the job from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I could say pretty inarguably was far worse than Carson Wentz um, as far as standing Fitzpatrick with the actually... organization. Considering won, Tua like, was drafted games to start the year or something like that. Fun. I know, but going into the going into his rookies, when you have a guy that you picked at number four and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Carson Wentz and a guy you picked in the second round, who who which competition should I mean, be I would I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is pretty comparable to Jimmy G in my opinion, and they sat sat Trey Lance all year last year. That's not Jimmy G. Okay, it's Carson but they sat. It, you're using the comparison like, oh, they sat Jalen Hurts or. I lost track. Fuck. God damn it. No, Jimmy G is... Because Fitzpatrick oh, yeah, was a that's new what signing. I was comparing it to. Yeah, because Jimmy G played like... I mean, yeah. it's common that rookie quarterbacks don't play in their first year, even if they're drafted high. Like, I'm saying that the capital that they gave Lance, under your argument, means that he should have been starting quarterback day one. That wasn't the case for an entire year last year. I agree. Okay. So. Okay. Um, but just moving all that. Um, one thing that I think is fair is the durability argument. Jalen Hurts has stayed healthy throughout the majority of his career. Tua has had multiple injuries, um, that have kept him off the field. I also think that Tua is playing decidedly in an offense that is way more built around what he can do. And Philly's offense isn't? Mike McDaniel Oh my God. That is terrible. 
That look, is look, terrible. Look, 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 you know, look, he okay. is. This is a run dominating look, team, look, and you have this would Jalen Hurts wouldn't be the quarterback if it wasn't the Eagles. Like it, he wouldn't be the quarterback if it wasn't the Eagles. He yeah. fell into the perfect situation in Philadelphia. Fuck off with that. Kane, look me in the eyeballs and tell me that Nick Sirianni is a better head coach than Mike McDaniel. Is a better play caller than Mike McDaniel. Look me in the eyeballs and tell me that. You can't. Look me in the eyeballs and tell me that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are better than Tyreek Hill really and Jalen Waddle. I think it's actually a lot closer than you want it to be. You are a fucking nut job, dude. There is Ooh! no... Oh! Oh! I won! Think okay. Tyreek Hill... Okay, congrats. Taylor just dropped the stat. Tyree Hertz has Hill the third highest passer rating on 10-plus yard throws. I mean, 10-plus uh, 10 yard throws? Congratulations, bro. Like, he can't air a deep ball to save his fucking life. Do you think Tua's... Oh, my God. Do you think Tua... That was Tua's knock. Is he getting Devi... okay. the ball deep? You're really... He did it on Sunday. I want to talk about more of the wide receiver group argument, because you really do think that Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill is miles better than A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith was drafted ahead of Waddle. No, behind Waddle. No, you're right. No, he Five, okay, he was right. It was similar capital for the both to, uh, those two guys. Like, it was a debate whether or not Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle was going to go. The Eagles traded out of that And A.J. Spot. Brown's in his prime. Tyree kills past it, dude. A.J. Brown, It. I think that the Eagles have a mm, very yeah. comparable wide receiver. You know who, I mean. Very comparable. Jalen Hurts is getting just as much help from his guys as Tua is his. Tom Brady is not in his prime, but he's still better than a lot of That's quarterbacks. That's not true, Taylor. Prime. That doesn't matter. Tyreek Hill is still, yeah, Waddle, Reek, and Gusecki is way better than A.J. Devontae. And way better? I Absolutely I, not. I Absolutely not. To say Miles better, to say Miles better might have been an overshot, but I'm taking that weaponry every day of the week. And Tyreek's prime isn't even over. I don't know where this narrative came from that he is like washed now. He's not. He was awesome last week, obviously. He torched their secondary, which is the only reason why Tua had as good of a game as he did was because he got 150 yards and two touchdowns from busted coverages because Tyreek Hill I will take A.J. Brown rest of season over Tyreek Hill, for sure. You are insane. Maybe in fantasy production, because A.J. Brown is a clear-cut number one over a... um, Devontae Smith, and you know why Tyree? I'd rather Jaylen take Wallace I'd rather take prime AJ Brown as a football player today prime. than slightly past his prime Tyreek Hill. He's not slightly past his prime. Where are you getting this from? What what knowledge brings you to believe that Tyree Kill is no longer in his prime? Is it just his age? Is it just the number? Is that it? It's because because that doesn't. It's the really age and him not playing in Kansas City anymore. That's field. fair enough. I mean, him not playing Kansas City anymore makes me want to say that it's past his prime. What? What is that? I know. Wait, okay. Wait, 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 wait. All right. All right. Yeah. Because AJ Brown moved teams as well. AJ Brown moved teams as well. But it is the age. I mean, he's thirty, and AJ Brown's coming into. And what does that matter? If, if Tyree Kill, let's see. Let's see if Tyree Kill. I, I mean. You would think it's not like he's going to a bad situation here with a bad quarterback. So then why would you believe that he's not in his prime anymore if he's going to this conducive situation with a quarterback that is way more than serviceable? Then Tyreek Hill should still definitely be in his prime, correct? Correct. Okay, fair enough. 
But okay, we we have taken we've expanded the argument beyond what's at stake here, dude. I definitely I'm buying a Jalen Hurts jersey. I'm buying this, a seven The fact that you Jaylen said Hurst. that Tua uh, the Dolphin system is more built around Tua than the Eagles. It is building Mike McDaniel. Oh Mike McDaniel comes from a 49ers offense that built their offense around Jimmy G and what Jimmy G can do. That's why he loved coming to Miami because Tua is another fucking Jimmy G. They didn't I don't think that like they can look at a Miami offense and be like, okay, we're going to build this offense like playing to Tua's strengths. They looked at the Eagles offense. They looked at they, the Eagles. That's exactly no. what they did. That's exactly what they did. They didn't. That's exactly what they're doing. They're playing to Tua's strengths. They're letting Tua play point guard and get the ball to the playmakers. That's why they built this team with all these playmakers on it, with all this speed on it with Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds, Tyreek and Waddle and Jaseki, who's essentially an in-line wide receiver. That's why they did that. Because they're letting Tua play point guard the same way they let Jimmy play point guard with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Elijah Mitchell. And but Mostert it's not, is he's not dishing it off this year. Like he's not dishing it off. Like, I mean, that was, if you were going to build it off. He dished it off all game against New England. You, you can't say off of one game that, oh, then this is his game plan is complete. That's all he did against England was dish it off. He didn't even look that good against New England. No, he didn't look that good against New England the first season that he's playing as starting quarterback for the team. Like, I mean, after he came off the injury last year. You know what? This is his first game as starting quarterback because he can't stay healthy. Okay. But, I mean, it'll I'll be interested to see how long Jalen Hurts could stay healthy after he if he keeps playing like the, play, the way he played last night. I'm not okay. I'm not again. wishing injury upon Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that let me make that perfectly clear. But I have the same durability questions. There are more durability questions for uh, Jalen Hurts than I do for Tua. Like Tua had the injury coming out of college. He tore. That was like unspeakable. Like it was one of the worst injuries in college football history. Like freak accident. Freak accident, oh and then, the and then, died and then he has like, people he has a rib cartilage issue. The same thing as Justin Herbert. So are we call Justin Herbert injury prone? No, because hmm. Herbert's playing next week, and Tua missed like six weeks. It's a, it's it. We're not sure that Herbert's playing next week. So he ain't gonna miss the next six weeks. He might. I don't know, man. And it, it it was the Dolphins, you know. Like, I mean, got to protect that investment, you know, on a certain level. But I liked – I was more impressed. If we can break it down, I was more impressed with Tua's performance than Joan Hart's performance, and you agree. In week two, I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay. But I think – I'm taking Tua well, rest I, of the season. I will, sure. I will say this. And Tua has I been the better – Tua you is go, the better uh, NFL quarterback. You go from where Jalen Hurts was at Alabama to then what he was at Oklahoma to then what he was in his rookie year in those final four games to then what he was last year to then what he is this year. There has been massive levels of improvement in every single season so far, and I can't say that I have seen an ounce of improvement since Tua came from Alabama into the league right now. Yeah, because uh, 469 passing yards and six touchdowns and your new-built offense in week two! In, in week two, his new belt offense, and he throws for 460 yards and six touchdowns. I know, that's not that's not crazy at all or anything. That's not crazy at all or anything. That's just Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. 
I wish I wish we had an audience. I really wish we had an audience because we would make trillions off of this. <laughs> we would make sure. Honestly, I want to. I want to get in the ring. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should go full on pay per view and just get this over with. We should, man. I mean, I'll have two in my or I'll, you'll have two in your corner. I'll jailing her to my corner, wiping blood off. Okay, I was. We're, I thought we were gonna have them fighting like with tri- us, which I was concerned because Jalen Hurts is pretty beefy, and Tua is smaller. Yeah, and Tua is a little lip noodle. <laughs> Who can slang the football downfield? Because he's got a noodle arm. He can slang that shit. Jalen, it's it's a very strict motion of only ten yards downfield. That's it. Boom, boom, boom. That is Tua. That is legitimately Tua's knock. You are. I, I don't know if you've. Tua's ever a better quarterback this year. So- Tua's a better quarterback this have year. You, have you ever followed a narrative around Tua Tagovailoa? Did you watch him at all last year? His yes. knock was that he is yes. a noodle arm yes. and he can't yes. throw the ball down yes. the field. Yes, 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 yes. But then once he acquired people that could actually run downfield and get open down there, he's tossing. He's like, what? What did I read? Twelve for fifteen downfield, three tuts. Like, now that he can actually toss downfield, exactly. hey, why don't I toss downfield? He showed that he could do it against a he really tough Ravens secondary. And Jalen Hurts play, proved that he can play halfway decent at quarterback. He was great in the running back, uh, running game last night. Don't get me wrong. I can't speak for shit to that. But he had a, he had a pretty good game against a god-awful fucking shit Viking secondary that looked more shit than they usually are. Phew. You know what? Let let's check this. Let's 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 do a little checking. Okay. Next, play the Buffalo Bills. Are you gonna? Okay, so you're gonna next week. The Eagles play the Washington Commanders. So we're gonna save this conversation for next week because I promise you, I will feel a lot better than you do next week. I'm taking the Eagles, obviously, against the Commies, bro. You don't like. Obviously, you don't have... What? Wait, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I, this Eagles because... team is here to play, bro. This, don't get me wrong. This Eagles team, the this Eagles team, I'm taking, I know my rest of season takeaway last week was that the, the Commanders were going to win the division. I'm, after, after last night, I'm probably taking the Eagles as the clear-cut NFC East division winners, but... It's because the team is so fucking good. That defense shut down JJF last night. With Darius Slay and James Bradbury, two of the biggest cornerback names in the league, then you've got that awesome linebacking core. You've got a brand new pass rush with Jordan Davis on there. Like, your offensive line has always been a calling card for the Eagles. Your run game is probably going to finish the year as the best in the NFL. Like, and then you've got... Miami, like, I mean, they're going to be good. I'm not really comparing it, but the Eagles as a team are built really, really nice. But I don't think it's, like, Jalen Hurts could be plug-and-play. Plug-and-play, in my opinion. Close. It's close, but semi-plug-and-play. I don't know. Taylor says, Dolphins will beat the Bills in Miami. So, uh... Okay, let's go, man. I don't know. I don't know if you've caught any of the Buffalo games these last two weeks, but they look like they'd kick the shit out of the '72 Dolphins. So, I mean, it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that one. I, I don't know. That's a that's a secondary. One. They just got to be able to compete. And I mean, Ravens secondary could not. So, I guess it remains to be seen. But hey, man, that was that was some solid debate. 
Play yeah, the next slide. I'm happy. <laughs> play, the, play the next damn slide. All right, man. So, we're wrapping it. We're moving on to... Yeah, it's, it's been it's almost two hours and fifteen minutes, but every every right. minute is, of that is your is your key takeaway too no. related. Okay. Oh fuck you! You're such a piece of shit. You want to cause me personal pain, bro? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What is wrong with you, man? You're you're mm, uh, no words, bro. Fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> anyway, all right. Got a nice little graphic that we got put together for. Key takeaways. And if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, this is a new segment that we're doing to wrap up our show. And we're just going to pick one takeaway that applies for the rest of the season that we saw from week two. All right? And my takeaway, I'll go ahead and lead it off, for the rest of the season is that our prime running backs that we saw when we were really start like, not when we were really starting to get in the NFL because all those guys are gone already. But, like, nice. the second wave of prime running, uh, prime running backs, done. A lot of them, I think, are past their prime. I mean, we were talking about it last week. Tyler was with, like, how quickly running backs can expire. And I think these guys have pretty much expired, dude. And it's sad to think because these guys were so dominant. But Zeke, done. Dow, like these, are, I don't think like they'll obviously still play because they're under massive contracts. But I don't think we're ever gonna see similar production again to what they used to do. Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. Like I think we've seen the last of the greats. See, the thing is, Austin Eckler is weird because Austin Eckler didn't start getting the workload until like mm-hmm. the last two years, and then. We didn't talk about this before the show, but Kamara was in that draft class. Kamara was in the same class as Dalvin Cook. So, are we ready to say that he's cooked? It was Kamara in the same class, like absolutely confirmed. Yeah, because he was in that he was in that legendary class. It was Kamara, Fournette, Uh, McCaffrey, Dalvin, James Conner, and somebody else. Okay, but. I think it's the new wave running backs are here, man. I think the old wave is out and in with the new. And by the new, I mean DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Vontae Williams. Like, crazy thing is Saquon was a year after those guys. I mean, still, he hasn't had his, like, I mean, he had that one year, but he hasn't had really his time to be, like, a consistent dominant back in the NFL and guys like Zeke, Dalvin, Henry and Eckler have been that the past like five years, but or four years and it's over. I'm sorry. I'm declaring it dead. Like they'll still be useful in fantasy and everything, but they're never going to return to being a round one investment in fantasy. I, I think it's over and it's in with the new next year. You'll be drafting guys like Deandre Swift, Najee Harris, Saquon, Javante Williams, and I forgot to mention Jonathan fucking Taylor. But these guys are the guys going in the first round now. And, I mean, that with the old in with the new man. Sad to say. Because they have really started out the year with a stinker, those guys. Household names at the running back position moving out. That's my rest of uh, of the season takeaway. What you got, man? Yeah, mine's going to be more... uh 
more team related, and I think it's uh, that San Francisco might be better off. I think while everyone was really excited for what the 49ers could be uh, with Trey Lance at quarterback, now we know what the 49ers will be with Jimmy Garoppolo, and we know that's going to be a playoff team. We know that's going to be a team that has the potential to make a deep run. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a drop pick away from playing the Super Bowl last year. Like, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And Jimmy G got them there. Trey Lance didn't play any part in that. I mean, he played two games, but I, don't, I can't remember if they won those games. I'm pretty sure they lost one because I know one was against Arizona when they were still good in that part. I don't know what an angry Jimmy um, G looks like, though. But, but I mean, he's going to be angry. It looked like a damn happy Jimmy G. Uh, he just looked grateful, man. Like, I don't know if you saw the video of him. I guess he scored a touchdown, but dude, the entire team was around him. That's like, awesome. Jimmy G was like ear to ear grin. The entire team was like patting him on the head. They were all excited, dude. And I think there's just more buy in around Jimmy G than there was around Trey Lance. There's no more questions looming for the entire team because while it puts a lot of pressure on Trey Lance, it puts a lot of pressure on the entire roster. It puts a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan to call the plays to put Trey Lance successful. That's all gone now. They can just play football. They don't have to worry about the politics of who's playing quarterback. You know, is Jimmy G going to come in this week if Trey Lance doesn't play well? Jimmy G's the guy now, at least for the rest of this season. Everything past that doesn't really matter because right now we're in season. So, I mean, if I'm a San Francisco fan, dude, I'm with it. I'm, yeah, I don't know how to put this lightly, but dude, you got to be a little relieved. Jeez. Because you, 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 you know what you're going to get now. You know what you're going to get. There's no question about the variance because we didn't get to see really, we weren't able to take away anything from Chicago game. I don't know if I would say relief though. If it didn't rain, maybe we'd be If Trey Lance really sucked, then they could have put Jimmy G in, you know. Yeah, but, like, I guess you feel more at ease. Like, you don't, you're not, you're not anxious every week yeah. because you're like, oh, my Before, God, it's Trey You feel more sure. Not that you're not anxious with Jimmy G. Feel more sure. Like, yeah, you feel you know more what sure. I'm saying. Yeah, like, you know what's, you know what's going to be. The 49ers are a lot easier to bet on now um, for the gamblers out there as well. That's yeah. the other. We were arguing about, uh, about it last year. Um, I was an advocate against Jimmy G for a lot of the year. Which is weird because you love this new Jimmy G that plays for Miami. <laughs> Fuck you, man. He can actually throw the football, though. <laughs> like, Jimmy, like, could not at all. But, okay. Um, I would say, like, Jimmy G's, he can be, he's probably one of the most trusted quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, you know, like you said, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's not going to be spectacular, but it's not going to be terrible. And the only problem is, does Kyle Shanahan still have all the plays that they ran last year? Did he throw out all the stuff that wasn't a read option or a RPO? Because <laughs> now they, the they can't do that anymore. Everything that they schemed to do this year is done. <laughs> it's like the SpongeBob searching through the fire for his name. Like they're trying to find all the old Jimmy G plays. <laughs> That's awesome. But we're just going to see like them glitch out and have Jimmy G run an RPO because they last thing I'll say about play. Jimmy G and this goes along with the trust thing. I think, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'm saying later in his career, I think Jimmy G is comparable to Eli Manning later on in his career. Like you knew he probably wasn't like, I trusted Eli Manning going into games. Cause I had him, that was like one of my first years playing fantasy early on. Like, my first year playing fantasy, Eli Manning was my quarterback. 
and I just felt like he didn't didn't throw a whole ton of picks. God bless you. Like I know, first year as fantasy dude, I was like literally like eleven. But I mean, he like he didn't. You knew what you exactly what you were gonna get from Eli. It wasn't gonna be spectacular because it wasn't the Eli of old, but. He wasn't going to make the huge mistakes, you know, that absolutely lose your game, you know. So I think that's comparable. But And it's crazy to say that because I made a lot of arguments last, last year saying that Jimmy G would throw the big picks in the big games. But for the most part, I mean, you feel pretty – I feel safer with Jimmy G than a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL, even the more talented ones because they're more likely to make mistakes than Jimmy G is. So, fuck yeah, solid take. <laughs> All right, man. Well, sitting at uh, two hours and twenty minutes, but that was—I felt felt good to be just the two of us again, man. I love having love having three people on here. Obviously, that's ideal, but felt good just to scream at each other for two hours. Yeah, no mediator, no nothing, just nonstop yeah. yelling yeah, and screaming. We got some, and that, and that I'm sure that's what. Surely that's what you signed up for, not intelligent analysis of the game we all know and love. You uh, you wanted to hear us yell at each other about two players that really don't even need to be compared. Oh, what? They need to be honest with that fought it out at Alabama. One's a, one it's it's a storyline. Come on now. But but yeah, I mean <laughs> two middle of the road quarterbacks probably by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. So if one's if one's better than the other, I mean, who really cares? Like it's it it's not. But we are a football podcast. Yeah, we, we are a football That's podcast, and we care about it. So we're going to talk about it. Whether or not you listen is up to you. So with that, it's been a hell of an episode. Nice two hour run. We'll have another episode out later in the week, but with our week two or week three preview. But yeah, that does it for the week two recap episode, and we'll catch you guys later this week.